You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. The following program is rated TV-MA-LSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Uh-oh, we found another rabbit hole to dive into. So you get a three-episode series about the movie careers spawned by SNL, 85 to 95. We're going to break it down into duos to make it easy. First up, Dana Carvey and Mike Myers. And now here's your favorite duo, well, maybe not, Corey and Mikey. It's party time. Excellent. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Let's do it. Here we go. Hey there, what's happening? Uh, you're back with another wonderful edition of the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. I haven't fucked that up in quite some time. You have not. I, you know what? And I say it happens next week. It will probably happen before the end of this show. More than likely. Yeah, yeah. The over-unders on me screwing up the name are very high. Yes, they are. <laughs> so, uh, what, uh, what have you been up to? Um, it was very hot this week. Yeah. And well, we had wrestling again. We did? We did. Yeah. We had the anniversary show. We did, yeah. Huge show. It was like It's like the WrestleMania of our local promotion here. And uh, boy, was it ever bloody. And Oh, it was very bloody. A, very, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, great action. We had fun. You can catch that on uh, the PWP Live Presents Ringside Recap, where I do commentary. You do? Yeah, with, with I, my, my buddy Moose. I did the video. You did the video. It was great. Yeah, you're a video man. Until my phone died. Yeah. Your phone died right at the main event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Um, what else happened? Charlotte screamed at Omar. Yep, Charlotte got uh, got into it with some of the wrestlers, and as like per usual. Yeah, she uh, she has a good time. It's it's nice to see a young fan. You know, she was told that she is the well, she is the, the Moonshine's best fan. Well, yeah, I mean, and those guys, they love having young fans because uh, it's it's like their opportunity to bring uh, someone new into being a mega fan like we are yeah about this stuff so that's pretty cool you know that the, they're they're interacting and, and she's having a good time and it's something you guys can do together you yeah know? it's it really, she, really she fun. loves it yeah it's really fun um yeah what else just it's been hotter than shit it was hotter than shit and then it was cold as fuck yeah it got really it got really cold last night <laughs> um yeah it was, it was very cold it snowed did it snow? It, it snowed in Colorado Springs. Oh, well, I'm glad we're not in Colorado Springs. Yeah, because I I don't need I don't want to be around snow. No, but it was it was been close. It was like I think it fr- I like got down to freezing. Well, the other night. I know last night when I'm driving, my car is very intelligent. My car's smarter than I am. That's you know that's not it, saying much. it's not really that hard, but it is smarter than I am. Um, like it has the the lane departure thing and tells you when you're going out of your lane. Yeah, and it corrects. 
like when you're driving and you start to go out of your lane, it look like pull you back over. So I want to see how sensitive that was. So this is a while back. I want to see how sensitive it was. So I just let go of the wheel and kind of let it drift. Well, it's a brand new car, so it didn't drift much. It, yeah. you know, the alignment's pretty good and all that. Um, but it, it drifted a little and it corrected, it corrected, and then it beeped and it said, please put your hands back on the wheel. Oh, no like, shit. Oh, so you know that I don't, I don't have my hands on the wheel. That's great. That's funny. So, it you know, it tells you if you're going to hit something. It actually, uh, I was pulling into a, a parking stall at a parking garage, and I must have got a little too close to the wall. It actually killed the engine. Oh, no shit. So I didn't hit the wall. Nice. Yeah. And it, it, it kills the engine when you pull up to a stoplight, so it saves gas and shit like that. But I was driving home last night. And about midnight, and the uh, thing came on, said that I needed to be aware of possible ice yeah. on the road. It was 39 degrees, and it had been like 80 fucking degrees during the day. That's Nebraska. Yep, yep. It's it, You get those wild swings, and I really am sick of it. I'd rather it be a little chilly, kind of fall-like weather year-round. Yeah, me too. I'm not a big fan of heat. No, not heat sucks. I can get you know I can stand the cold. I can put layers on, take layers off. Yeah, but when you're hot, dude, you're just hot. You're hot all fucking day. And then you come home, and you stink. It sucks. You stink in the winter too, but it sucks even worse in the summer. Uh, I like it when you're hot and stinky. <laughs> I like money. I like money too. You like Starbucks? Anyway, we ain't got time for the whatever the fuck it was. Hand job, Corey. Hand job, yeah. It was a hand job. You forgot what a hand job is? I have not forgot what a hand job is. You know what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. I'm married. It's been a while <laughs> since I got tugged upon, yeah. It's been a while <laughs> since I said I'm sorry. Been a while since I've been tugged on. <laughs> All right, well, let's change change subject. I don't even do it myself. It's just boring oh, now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so, I, uh, one thing, we uh, we let, let's give let's give out some information because we need to we need to let people know how to get a hold of us. So, if you want to like email us, retropowerhour at gmail dot com gmail dot com. Uh, you can also use the Anchor app to give us a, a voicemail, or you can call the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour hotline. That is 669-237-3876. That is 669-B-Retro, B-E-R-E-T-R-O. And guess what? What? We got a voicemail. <gasps> so, is it from our one fan? Uh, our only fan? My only fan? Nope. Ah, well, it's somebody it's, else. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's it's something else, and I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. So let, we'll just uh, we'll listen to it together here. So let's play our voicemail now. Uh, yeah, I'd like to order a large pizza, and I got a coupon here for three free toppings. So uh, I'll go with a uh, pineapple and anchovies and uh, Limburger cheese. <laughs> And then my buddy here wants weasel bites or bits or chunks of weasel or whatever. I don't know. Uh, the card's on file. Uh, just deliver it to the house on the hill just past the trailer park. All right. Thanks. 
What in the fuck was that? That is a good question. I really hope they got their pizza, though, or whatever the fuck they ordered. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> they probably got a free pizza coming from somewhere. So, yeah. Because I damn sure ain't making them a fucking pizza <laughs> and taking it to the trailer park. It was past the trailer park at the house on top of the hill. Well, I'm not going down there. I, no. Uh, that, that sound, I don't know what the fuck that was. But, uh, buddy, um, if you uh, want to call back about the show, call back. But I hope you got your pizza, man. I mean, what the fuck? At least got, you know, a refund. You know, I I don't know when that was left. I uh, I hope that they actually ate something <laughs> that <laughs> night. They didn't just, like, sit there waiting for their pizza. What is it? Pineapple and anchovies and Limburger cheese. Something like that, yeah. I could almost smell that through the phone. You know, Limburger cheese is, just smells gross. Yeah, oh, it's disgusting. I don't even know. I like pineapples, but, you know, I can't do it with Limburger cheese. I would have, I have, I like pineapple on my pizza. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. I like pineapple pizza. Um, I do know that our only fan, um, Mike motherfucking fantastic, uh, he was feeling a little sick, and he said that you gave him the suggestion to uh, drink some pineapple juice and made him better. Made him feel better. Good. Um, we actually we talked about that last week on the show. Yeah. Um, we also talked about the other uh, wonderful um, benefits of pineapple juice that uh, you might share with your your loved ones. Um, well, you love one. Your loved one, or you know, if or ones. Fuck you. Don't know. Maybe they got loved ones. Hey. I mean. I love I love everybody, um, yeah. I love you. <laughs> I drank pineapple juice. <laughs> no, he he did he uh, he said that it worked out for him. So um, I hope this guy, whoever that was, ordering the pizza, was ordering the pineapples to you know make sure that he didn't get sick. Um, because. If he's also eating anchovies and Limburger cheese, he's probably not getting any of that other shit. Well, you don't. You never know. You never know. There's somebody for everybody out there. Even those that eat Limburger cheese and anchovies. I like anchovies. I don't. I, you I'm know, not a fan of anchovies. I, it's the I don't like the fishy smell, and then they're very salty. On they're top extremely of it. salty. Now, okay, let me ask you a question. Do you like Caesar salad? No. Okay. I'm not. I'm not a rabbit. Well, yeah, you don't eat salad anyways. Um, I have I like I do like salad, but I like salad that's got like the tomatoes in it, yeah, and the croutons and yeah. some cheese and that and and like like a gallon of dressing, yeah, like ranch dressing or blue cheese. I I, I, I like my but salad. That's it. I like the salad I can make myself. See, I, I get I get salad and it's like I like taco salad. Oh, I love taco. That's salad. what I like. I like taco salad. Taco salad rocks. Yes. I like salad, but I, I always I, I I don't like tomatoes, so I no tomatoes or Mexican pizza, and I so no tomatoes, and hold the cucumbers, and the green peppers. I can do the onions and the the mushrooms in it, saute them a little bit, mm-hmm. and then hold the lettuce. So well, I don't hold the I substitute the lettuce. I like to substitute the lettuce out for like a steak. <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> And if everybody could see my face there, yeah, he's he's trying to follow along really hard. I'm just like what? Yeah, like a steak, you know. With, with and then you could put those sautéed onions and mushrooms on top of that. That's called a Philly. Well, no, no. If you put it in a bun, yeah. 
But, you know, I was trying to eat healthy. I ordered a fucking salad. That's what I'm trying to eat healthy. <laughs> so I don't want the no bread. I don't want the... Steak. Yeah, I don't want the bread. Um, yeah. That's no, funny. I do like salad. But the reason I asked you if you like uh, Caesar salad... It's because it has anchovies in it. The dressing is made out of anchovies. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know that. They go, I don't like anchovies. Side of Caesar salad, please. And it's like, it's fucking ground up liquefied anchovies. Really? Yeah, so there, I just ruined Caesar salad for you most did. of our audience. Most of our audience. Yeah, they're like, I don't eat no fucking fish dressing, but you know what? If you liked it before you knew what was in it, eat it. You know what? I wonder if, like, vegetarians knew that. Oh, that's a good point. Or vegans. Well, vegans wouldn't eat it because it's got dairy in it. Caesar salad does? Well, the dressing. Oh. Yeah. They have to have, like, a, a vinegar and oil dressing. Is that that, is that that uh, Paul, yo- yogurt. Newman, Paul Newman's dressing? He does have some, some vegan dressings, I believe. Wasn't he an actor? Paul Newman? Yeah. That's what he's most well known for. Acting? Yes. He's not the salad dressing dude. Yes, he is. He has some... Dude, he has some great... He's, his face is on this... On I the know, I know, but that's not what he's known for. Uh, he is known as an act, as, as a great actor. But he also went in and made the salad dressings and food products. And I believe that the profits go towards a charity of some sort. Okay. He has a, a, a line of pasta sauces, amazing, and there is one called Saccaruni. It is like uh, a Italian sausage sandwich. Saccaruni. Saccaruni. It's got the uh, it's got the onions and the peppers that you put on a, a Italian sausage sandwich, but they're not like chunky; they're mixed in. Yeah. And then and then the marinara sauce. Oh, it's fucking delicious. But that's not what we're here to talk about. God, now I'm hungry. Yeah, me too. Um. That's not what we're here to talk about. Although, uh, you know, I do enjoy a good salad. You know, I'm just bullshit. I, I, I like to have it on the side of my steak. I've tossed a few salads. I bet you have. Did they drink pineapple juice first? No. I don't know if that helps. Um, but I hear that grape jelly helps. So, anyways, <laughs> we got a lot of good feedback on last week's episode. I like strawberry jelly. <laughs> The preserves where they've got those chunks of strawberries in them. That's the best stuff right there. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of good feedback on last week's episode. We actually really did. Uh, I, was, I was really surprised how much yeah, and, feedback I mean, and it's still taking got. off, yeah, you know. It's still going. It's still going. Um, so we decided last week we're going to kind of do a, oh, a, uh, a series of sorts here. Um, so we... Uh, we established that, okay, like 75 to 82 was a really good period. You know, like probably the best period of Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. the originals. Uh, it was groundbreaking. And then they kind of went through a little lull where they hired like Joe Piscopo and Jim Belushi, and it sucked. But then about 85, it started that upswing with the megastars. I do like Jim Belushi, though. Joe Piscopo uh, yeah. sucks, period. Yeah. Everything he's done. Yeah, I think Billy Crystal was on during that period, and... He's good, but he's he, funny. I do he like couldn't pick up. He couldn't pick up that cast. You know, no. he 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 came. He's uh, good on his own. Yeah, he he, he kind of came of age as a, a performer later. So, but we talked about you know the the, the mega stars. You know the, the Kevin Nealon and John Lovitz and uh, you know Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, and, and eventually Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, yep. and that whole bunch. And as we were discussing how these guys. Use their SNL fame and parlayed it into movie careers. And we thought, well, let's do a series where we take 
some of those movies, and we're going to go through and, and just talk about the, the movie careers of some of these guys. What's interesting is the camaraderie that they had on SNL carried over to their movies. Some Sometimes the movies were direct skits from SNL that got turned into movies, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. one of those later. But they partnered up. Certain people partnered up and made a, a good, good, good movies, or they appeared in each other's movies quite often. So we're going to take some of those partnerships and just kind of explore what this guy did, what this guy did, what they did together. And I think the appropriate first one to, to cover would be Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because those guys, they appeared in, in several skits together on SNL, had several independent skits on their own that were great. But they both had decent movie careers, and they made a blockbuster movie together. A couple of them. A couple of them. So, seeing as how Dana Carvey had less on his resume mm-hmm. as, a, as an actor, let's cover him first. Um, I, just looking at his IMDb, I'm going to go over a few that he played bit parts in. Um, and it seems like what he did more than anything. He had a few starring roles, but he played more bit parts. Uh, he was in Halloween too. See, I did not know that. I didn't either. He played an assistant of some sort. I'm not a big fan of the Halloween movies. That's very well known on this uh, this series. So, I don't know what, what he was. I would probably recognize him if I saw him, but that was uh, 1981, Halloween 2. Then he was in a TV show in 82 as well. It's called One of the Boys. And... The premise of this TV show, which I do not remember, uh, an energetic grandpa is invited to move out of his retirement home and into the cool pad of his college student grandson and his roommate. So that in itself sounds like a fun show to watch. Hold that thought. Okay. I got pee. Oh, man. All right, I'll find something to play. <laughs> hey, come on in. <laughs> now pull your pants down, bend your underwear, sit on the body and pee, pee, pee. Pee slides down the body. Potty, potty, see you and I pee again. In the body, in the body, in the potty. In the body, in the potty, in the potty. Okay there for you? It did. It did not smell like pineapple. Well, I don't think it's supposed to smell like pineapple. It smelled like cookies. Okay, well, eat cookies because it makes your urine smell good. <laughs> it's, my, um, it's my chocolate chip cookies. Ah, interesting. When's the last time you eat chocolate chip cookies? About five minutes ago. Oh, and now you're eating fruit by the foot. I am. Did you put the whole foot of fruit in your mouth? Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Um, so, Dana Carvey, one of the boys, 
Bought a grandpa that moves out of retirement home, moves in uh, to a college dorm room. You should see me eat a kielbasa. Uh, yeah, I have. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, so th- this show kind of sounds fun, right? Um, the cast, of course, Dana Carvey's in it. Mickey Rooney plays the grandfather, apparently. Oh, nice! I love Mickey Rooney. Um, that's a young Dana Carvey dude with that terrible haircut. Scatman Carruthers is in this. Really? Yes, I love Scatman Carruthers. Scatman Carruthers of uh, The Shining yeah. fame. Um, is he got Nathan Lane in it? I love Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane? He's so funny, dude. Um, Olympia Dukakis. Meg Ryan was in this for when she a was, when Meg couple Ryan episodes. Was hot and yeah. She's terrible now. Um, and then uh, Cleavon Little. Who the hell is Cleavon Little? Well, let me tell you who Cleavon Little is. Cleavon Little was the uh, the sheriff in Blazing Saddles with Gene Wilder? Yeah. He was the sheriff. The black sheriff? Yes. Why not? It happened in Blazing Saddles. Yeah, he was in Blazing Saddles. We really can't talk about Blazing Saddles. No, we can... Well, not today. No, not today. We're going to have to have a f- bunch of advisories on that episode. Yeah, yeah. Works movies. So, I mean, that... That show sounds fun. I just, I've never seen it. Um, he played a bit part, he played a mime in This Is Spinal Tap, which is a great fucking movie. You know what I was telling you earlier? I And I'm not the only one that thought Spinal Tap was an actual band. Oh, yeah. And they just had a shit run. Everything yeah. they did was just shit. Yeah. They, no, it was, it was not. I a, didn't know until like a few years ago. It was a fake band that they made real because they did tour and stuff. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Um, then, as we talked about a few weeks ago, he was in the TV series Blue Thunder about the helicopter. Yeah. Um, and then he really didn't... He was Dog Wonder. Uh, no, he was uh, Clinton Wonderlove. I was close. You were very close. Um, but then he was in Moving, the show Moving. I love that movie with Richard Pryor. With Richard Pryor. Oh, my God, that movie's so amazing. I believe King Kong Bundy was in that as well. Yeah. They played um, part of the movers. And Yeah, yeah. Yeah, King Kong Bundy. I love King Kong Bundy. Um, Very soft-spoken gentleman. Yes. He was in um, Opportunity Knocks, which Opportunity Knocks, I remember it, but I, I don't think I saw it. It was con men, they're hiding out in a house while the owner is away, and one of them assumes the owner's identity, and then uh, the house sitter keeps coming back, or, no, he assumes the identity of the of the house sitter that's supposed to be there. Yep. And the relatives come to visit. So, you know, like, the relatives of the original owner. And hilarity ensues, apparently. I remember it. I don't... I, not well enough to speak on it. Um, and then we're going to jump over something that he did in, uh, in 92 and 93 to Clean Slate. Okay, so Clean Slate, you said you remember this movie a little bit. Yeah, he was a like a a hitman or something or a spy. Private Eye. Private Eye. They got amnesia. Yes, and that's about all I remember on it. It says a Private Eye who suffers total amnesia every twenty four hours is deeply entangled in a complicated murder and theft case. Um, like I said, I, I I've seen it. 
don't really remember it. it had James Earl Jones in it, which James Earl Jones rocks. Um, a few other folks, but nobody worth mentioning, really. No, got um, Kevin Pollock in it. Yeah, I think Kevin Pollock. He kind of. I think he he screwed up his career. Doing he some uh, he did. Yeah, he did so. some stupid shit. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's got Brian Cranston in it. Oh, really? Yeah, he was in it. Brian Cranston of uh, of Breaking Bad. Fame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then uh, we'll talk about Trapped in Paradise short uh, briefly because he was in that. Um, Trapped in Paradise. It's a it's a Christmas themed crime comedy film, uh, co-starring along with Dana Carvey, John Lovitz from this era of SNL. Yep, and uh, a dude named Nicolas Cage. Uh, he so was a, he was he wasn't very well known. I mean, no. you may have heard of him. Yeah, yeah, he's only in the greatest fucking movie ever committed to film, Con Air. Con Air. I love. I, that's what I, mean, I love Con Air. Um, I I will fight people over Con Air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I will I will fist fight someone in the street if they talk shit about Con Air. Well, you know what? Uh, it's I got um, it's got John Malkovich in it. John Malkovich and, also in Con Air. Yeah. Is, is he in Trapped in Paradise? No, he's in John. He's in Con Air. Well, yeah, I know he's in Con Air and, and Danny Trejo. Yeah. And, I love John Malkovich and everything he does. Yeah. He's, he's just so fucking far out there. He is. And the older he gets, the weirder he gets. Yes. And I love that. So, um, Trapped in Paradise. Uh, it's Christmas time. It's in New York City. And a couple of convicts are paroled early and placed in the custody of their younger brother. So that's the three stars that we have here. I think Dana Carvey is supposed to be the younger brother. They are... He, I think he's the oldest, actually. Uh, yeah, the oldest actor. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they they commit a robbery, apparently, and they escape to Paradise, Pennsylvania. Now, the thing is, they kind of get stuck in Paradise, Pennsylvania, because the townspeople are so nice. And they're trying to escape and all that, and they decide that they just want to hang out in this nice town and kind of disappear. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. Actually, John Lovitz is the oldest. Yeah, John Lovitz is? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I remember watching this film. Um, I really can't tell you a lot about it because I, I don't remember a lot about it. I was young when I saw it uh, and didn't pay attention. And I haven't seen it since. Uh, it has a uh, 5% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, nope, I was wrong. Dana Carvey is the oldest. Is he? Yes. Wow. You did the age math. I did. What? Well, because I just looked and said, okay, he's 66, Dana Carvey's 66, John Levitz is 64, and Nicolas Cage is 58. Wow. Very good. I didn't even have to do the math. It had it on there for me. That's good. Yeah. That, technology helps us out. Um, Ron Tomato says that this movie is loaded with talent, but it's borderline unwatchable. It's not unwatchable. I've seen it. Borderline. Okay. It grossed $6 million in the U.S. and Canada and $8 million worldwide. So the U.S. and Canada gave them $6 million and the rest of the world gave them $2 million. It was It was very popular in Canada. It was... Uh, for the, uh, the year that it came out here in 94, it was uh, voted 8th worst film by the Rocky Mountain News. The top t- it was in the top 10 worst films of the year in the Seattle Post. It was in the top 18 worst films of the year in the Palm Beach Post. It was in the worst films list of the Buffalo News. It got dishonorable mention in the 
San Jose Mercury News and dishonorable mention in a paper or magazine called the Pantograph. Well, you know, Dana Carvey is from Canada. He is. So, apparently Trapped in Paradise was a complete flop. Flop. Complete shit show. Speaking of shit shows, we're going to speak of one more film before we go on to this, this mega film that he did. I love shit shows. The Master of Disguise. Master of Disguise was fucking hilarious. I remember watching it and thinking it was fucking stupid. Um, the premise is, an Italian waiter fights off a criminal mastermind with his inherited powers of disguise. Well, his grandfather was a spy or something that could change disguises and shit yes. like that. Yes, well, his yeah, his grandfather uh, was it was a master of disguise apparently. Um, now this film has a one percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and it appeared on several lists of the worst films ever made. Yeah, I can see that. Worst films ever made. So. 12% on the Metacritic. I don't even know what a Metacritic is. I, I don't either. But it's got a 1%. You said 1% on Rotten Tomatoes? 1%. That's a pretty low rating on... I think the... the, the it, it, going any lower, it's not even on Rotten Tomatoes. It made $43 million. Well, I guess. So, what do you remember about this stupid-ass film? The only thing I remember is that he dressed up as a turtle. Yeah. Exactly. He was trying to get into the Turtle Club. The it was tur- like it was like an exclusive, private nightclub. And he dressed like a like fucking the, turtle. For like the elite. Yes. Yeah. And he dressed like a goddamn turtle. Um. Yeah, that's about all I remember of this thing is him in that stupid fucking turtle costume, bobbing his head up and down and and talking like a turtle. Tur- turtle. Talking like a dummy. Now there is a long-standing rumor about this film, and it involves the Turtle Club. Is it cursed? The long-standing rumor is that the filming of the scene of the Turtle Club took place on September 11th, 2001, causing production to stop and observe a moment of silence during the attacks. On oh, no shit. Okay. The rumor includes that Dana Carvey was in his full turtle outfit during the moment of silence. So, fact-checking proves that to be wrong. Ish. Wrong-ish. Wrong-ish. So let me uh, scroll down here and I'll tell you what the actual rumor, what the, what the truth is. So it was not filmed on September 11th. It was filmed on September 24th of 2001. And the what? Turtle Club scene was the first scene that they shot in this movie. Now... Everybody felt that it was kind of weird and awkward to make this silly comedy movie in New York after such a terrible tragedy. I don't think so, because I mean, that just that'll help people relax a little bit. And well, y- yeah, it would. But the the cast they were uncomfortable doing yeah. it. So the director, his name's Perry Blake. Right before they started filming, he got up. He gave a very heartfelt speech to the cast and crew. And then requested a moment of silence for the victims and and the families. And the truth of it is, during the moment of silence, Dana Carvey was in the turtle costume. So it is true-ish. That was was the first scene they ever shot in that movie. First scene they ever shot. Probably Um, said, let's get this out of the way because we want to do this again. They had the moment of silence. When it was over, 
they just went for the moment of silence. The director said, action. They just had, they had, he had his heartfelt speech, his, his tribute, moment of silence, action. Let's get, let's get rolling. Um, so, uh, there was that. Uh, Adam Sandler was heavily involved in the production of the film. That makes sense. Uh, he, he, all, he put up the money and all that. Uh, Dana Carvey said that the film would not have gone anywhere without Adam Sandler's help. And he did visit the set twice during filming. Um, Apparently, uh, they cut 12 minutes out because they, uh, Dana Carvey disguised himself as a little person. Okay. And they filmed it, and then they watched it, and they said, this is getting cut too offensive. Yeah. So, even then, they, they pushed the limits. Uh, which, good for them for cutting it, you know. There's no need in doing something like that and then saying, man, that's offensive, but we're keeping it. You know, it was good. It was the directorial debut of Perry Blake. That was his directorial debut? Yes. Has he done anything since? Uh, let Let me see what all he's done. So, as a director... Well, he was a he's a production designer mainly. He's directed two two things. Oh, Jessica Simpson was in this movie. He he directed The Master of Disguise, and then he directed a TV series called Annie Takes Off that I've never heard of. Oh, so his career blew up. He was an actor in 2004. He played Vincent Van Gogh in Around the World in 80 Days. But the main thing that he has done, he's a production designer. And he has done production designing for such great films as Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. I didn't know they made a Leave it to Beaver uh, movie, but apparently they did. They did? Apparently. Holy shit. Um, Half-Baked, The Wedding Singer, The Water Boy, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, Joe Dirt, Mr. Deeds, Eight Crazy Nights. So he's a, he's a big Adam Sandler. He's one of Adam Sandler's friends. Longest Yard, Grandma's Boy. Yep. <laughs> Click. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Big Stan, uh, Strange Wilderness, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I love Strange Wilderness. You Don't Mess with the Zohan, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, Grown Ups. So he's an exclusive. Jack and Jill. <laughs> he's an exclusive Happy Madison director. Yes, uh, he, he's a uh, production, production designer. Production designer. He also did Paul Blart, Mall Cop Part so, 2. Which is fucking hilarious, too. Um, and he had some. He had other things sprinkled in there. But, yeah, he's like a Happy Madison dude. So... Um, apparently this Master Disguise was, was wrapped up in that. Uh, Dana Carvey's, uh, character had a, a butt fetish, apparently. A big butt fetish. I did not know that. He liked big butts. He could not lie. I mean, who doesn't? And the filmmakers wanted to push that as an anti-anorexia statement. So it was, uh, it was pushed to, uh... You know, basically make a statement about eating disorders, you know, and, and body image. Which goes back to tossing salads. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Ventura filmed a brief cameo in this, apparently. Oh, no shit. Yeah. As when he was governor still. Yeah, he would have been. Yeah. Um, here's, a, here's a bit of, of trivia about that dumbass turtle costume. Three hours of makeup. To do that. Seriously. Three hours of makeup. And the shell was made of hard foam so that 
Dana Carvey could move around inside the shell. And they decided that every disguise, they had to show Dana Carvey. They, you had to be able to tell it was him. Yeah. And they did that because <clears throat> it was a family movie. Yeah. And they wanted to show the kids that it is actually Dana Carvey inside the costumes. So they always made sure that his nose, his eyes, or his mouth, or all three were oh, very sure. recognizable and shown. Which is kind of cool. Um, and Which isn't uh, much of a disguise, because if you can see your somebody's eyes, nose, and mouth, you can recognize them. You know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, Master Disguise, I remember watching it. I remember thinking it was dumb, and I don't think I've watched I don't even know if I finished it. I don't know if I did either. Yeah. I might. I probably did. I probably owned it. You probably still have it somewhere. Somewhere downstairs. T- tucked away in your sock drawer. It's not my sock drawer. Your underwear drawer. Thank you. Yeah. It's in my underwear drawer. You have a separate drawer for your underwear and socks? Possibly. Hmm. I'm not even going to lie, dude. I don't even know which drawer is what anymore. <laughs> if you're like me, you just get it out of the clean basket. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, dude. <laughs> or you pick it up out of the pile and smell it. Yeah. Yeah, I go, okay, I can still wear these. You know, off topic, dude, speaking of that shit, I thought I was the only one forever who did that until, like, I talked to my neighbors. Like, yeah, we just keep shit in baskets. Oh, we yeah. We don't put stuff away anymore. Nope. It will, you're just going to use it again. Yeah. You know, I don't make my bed because I'm just going to sleep in it again. Mm-hmm. I got a pile of blankets on my bed, and when I crawl into bed, I grab a blanket if I want one. Like, the only people I know that actually put clothes away are, like, my single friends. Because they don't have to, like, take care of, like, 15 people's different types of clothes. I'm I'm your single friend, and I don't do that. Well, you're an exception. To everything. Yes. To every every fucking rule there is, I think I'm an exception. Just about. Nearly. Maybe one or two that aren't. Yeah, one or two. So, that's what Dana Carvey kind of... That, that's kind of his career in a nutshell. Uh, funny dude, but he just didn't do a lot. No, I mean, he's, he's had, like, bit, bit parts. Like, I was reading, he was yeah. in... He was in, like, the Hotel Transylvania movies. Oh, yeah. And I, I couldn't tell you which character he was. And I've seen those movies because, you know, I have a daughter. He was a character named Dana. In the movie? Yes. So he was, who knows which one he was. I don't know what he what he did. Um, he, he did voice work in The Secret Life of Pets as yeah. well. Um, but, and he, was in, he did voice work for Rick and Morty. Yeah, he's done voice work for Rick and Morty. And yeah. Probably Robot Chicken and shit, too, but... Yeah. Um, well, his his voice work and his car- his impersonations are spot on most of the time. Mm-hmm. So you know he's very talented. So voice work would would lend itself very well to him. My favorite bit for him is probably when he did George Bush. He was a great George Bush. I ain't getting it. And like we said, he did that at the White House. Yeah. During while George Bush was president. Didn't George Bush like walk out and uh, like there was two of them? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the the the, the first the, the dad Bush. Yeah. George Bush. George, George Bush Sr. Sr. They have a weird initial thing that they're different. There was George W. Bush and there was George... H.W. 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 was the older one. So... Harry Wang. That's what that stood for. I don't think it was George Harry Wang Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our president, George Harry Wang Bush. I don't, I don't think that was the case. I don't. I really don't. <laughs> Harry I, Wang, and then, you know, the younger one, he probably shaved. It was just Wang. It was just Wang. Jesus Christ. George Wang Bush. <laughs> We're going to get a knock on the door. 
Yeah, Secret Service. <laughs> we were just talking about the president, Terry Wang. How did you know? Yeah, it was not Harry Wang. The H did not stand for Harry, it stood for huge. Um, huge Wang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. A huge Wang, Harry Wang, whatever. Yeah. And then Junior it was just Wang because it wasn't huge. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to... Yeah, uh, that's going to spe- get us in Speaking trouble. of Wangs, um, the, 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 big, the big blockbuster movies <laughs> that they did. The big Wangs. Okay, the, it, was not, it was close to Wang. It was Wayne's World, where he played Garth Algar. Now this... Uh, hey, party on Wayne. Party on Garth. Wayne's World, the, you know... The bit was hilarious on, on SNL. And so in 92, they spun it off into a full-length movie. And my God, this, this movie, I remember how popular this was. Uh, I remember the, you know, talking about it in school. And God, you wanted to go see it, you know. You had to go see it. Everybody, this is one that you saw over and over and over. It was it was just a fun fucking movie. It was probably one of the biggest comedy movies of our high school years. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I was probably, I was in junior high when this came out. Yeah. But I know like when it came out, everybody was speaking like Wayne and Garth. Yeah. And we watched a bit of it before we started recording and we realized we still speak like Wayne and Garth a lot of times. We still drop lines and quotes from the movie. And this is another one that there are people that have never seen these movies or the skit. But they talk about But it. they talk about, they, they use the catchphrases. You know, they'll, they'll say schwing or something like that. And they have no clue where it came yeah. from. Let's run through this cast real quick. So, of course, you had Dana Carvey and Mike Myers in, in the lead roles. Yep. Rob Lowe. Uh, Tia Carrera. Yes, Tia Carrera. Uh, Tia was in it. Yeah, she was in it. She was. We had to say her name twice just yeah. because she's hot. Swing, swing. Um, Laura Flynn Boyle. Was she? Uh, the Stacy. Stacy. She's so hot. Dude. Showing. Uh, hot redhead. That's a little bit crazy. I'm all over it, dude. Yep. Uh, it had uh, Kurt Fuller, who we've talked about Kurt Fuller before. Kurt Fuller is just. A prick in movies. Yes, he is. He's always just a slimy fucking asshole. Everything he does, dude. But he's fucking great at it. But he's good at it. Uh, Kurt Fuller, we spoke about him at length in the Hulk Hogan episode. Oh, yeah. He was in No Holds Barred. Um, So, yeah, he... Fantastic. Um, And then a couple of of nice little cameo roles. And they both played security guards. Mm Mm-hmm. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. And Chris Farley. Meatloaf was talking about the shitty Beatles. He was. He said, how are the shitty Beatles? They suck, so it's just not a clever name. No. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, Wayne's World, so much, so much fun. And Chris Farley knew way too much to know, had too much information about Mr. Big for a security guard. Yes. And he knew Alice Cooper's uh, travel schedule. That was Mr. Big's travel schedule. Mr. Big like owns a production company or something. Oh, that's shit. right. That's right. Because um, he was follow. He was checking out bands. Yeah. Uh, I think he maybe Chris Farley was the security guard for Alice Cooper. Yep. So, Alice Cooper was in this movie as well, by the way. And we still 
use this like all the time when we encounter someone we'll say we're not worthy we're not worthy we're scum we suck <laughs> we did not plan that we just knew it i uh, interesting well, we'll first let's go through the kind of the plot which there's not much of a plot there's not really not but there is so just like in the skit in aurora illinois Wayne and Garth. Which is a suburb of Chicago. It, it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But Film, it's actually filmed in California. Filmed in California. They know how to party in California. Yes, they did. Wayne and Garth had their public access television show, Wayne's World, filmed in Wayne's parents' basement. And... They never explain how old Wayne actually is. No, they're clearly adults. Everyone is clearly an adult yeah. in this. But they never talk about... Are they teenagers? Are we supposed, are we supposed to... Like 22, sus- 25, whatever? Yeah, or are they... 18? Yeah. And we're supposed to suspend our disbelief and not realize that they're like in their 30s? But Brian was drinking beer, so I'm assuming they're not 18. So they got to be like 22, let's say. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the uh, producer of television shows catches an episode of Wayne's World and is like, we you know we want your show on our network. And it's Rob Lowe. And that's Rob Lowe. And he plays a great dickhead, too. He really does. Uh, he was a dickhead in this. He was a dickhead in Tommy Boy. Yes. <laughs> he, yes, he was. So, uh, Wayne... Th- there are several plot lines that Wayne... Wayne is obsessed with certain things. Wayne is obsessed with uh, this 1964 Fendo Str- or Fender Stratocaster that is uh, in this shop window. I would have rather kept the Washburn he had. Well... I'm not a Fender guy. My I, kid is. My kid's a Fender. He yeah. likes Fender. I don't like Fender. I used to have a Fender. And I don't play guitar well, so, you know, whatever. But uh, I had a Fender for a, a short time. It went away. Uh, and I never... I, I just stuck with acoustic. Because I'm not... For the guitar that I do play, I like acoustic better. I had my buddy, dude. He had like 15 pedals. Yeah. And we plugged them all in. And he gave me the guitar. And I was like, I'm going to make this sound all right. And I wasn't playing a fucking lick of chord, but it sounded like I was playing thrash metal. Yeah, because of effects. Yeah, it's like. I think that's what a lot of bands do. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're like really, really talented, like um, the Cavalera Conspiracy. What? The Cavalera Conspiracy. Never heard of me. What? No. Dude, it's the guys. It's the brothers from Sepultura. Oh, and okay, yeah, you, their own band. you did tell me about that. That's yeah, like my favorite yeah, band right now, dude. Okay. Um, Max Cavalera and Igor Cavalera. <laughs> so. Cavalera. Cavalera? Cavalera. Okay. Cavalera. Um, A lot of caffeine. Cavalera. So, Wayne's got his ex-girlfriend, Stacy, stalking him, played by Laura Flynn Boyle. She could stalk me all she wants. And uh, they end up going to a nightclub, and he sees... Cassandra Wong playing bass and singing for a band called, which I I read this wrong at first. I thought it said Crucial Taint. It's Crucial Taunt. Crucial Taunt. I thought it said Taint. Sorry. Sorry, I was wrong. Um, so he try, is trying to pursue her. He learns Cantonese to speak to her. Uh, all the while, Garth is obsessed with uh, Dream Woman. It's just a Dream Weaver. It, well, it's, her name is Dream Woman. Oh. But every time... That he sees her, Dreamweaver starts playing, and he falls off his chair. Yep. And uh, 
they go on a wild adventure. Um, the uh, the band gets roped into a record deal. She go moves away, and he's chasing her down all the time while trying to save his show from this network, getting it back. Uh, they uh, Rob Lowe ends up with with Cassandra Wong. And Wayne has to go and rescue her. Yes. So, then, all this hilarity ensues. Now, let's talk about some of the the skits and bits that are involved. Okay, Ed O'Neill is in this. And Ed O'Neill is like the the owner or the the main... He's the owner of the coffee, the donut shop. The donut shop that they hang out at. And he's there 24 hours a day. Yes. And he always... Goes into these really weird Vietnam Vietnam stories. Yeah, where or he'll he'll start talking about you know like have you ever ripped a man's beating heart out of his chest? I have. And there's that moment of fear and like whoa 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 whoa, this isn't your movie. Yeah, and they'll take it back. So they acknowledge the audience all the way through this movie, which is great. I I, I love how they break that that fourth wall. Oh, through the whole movie. Through the whole movie, and they'll they'll do things to acknowledge the audience. So you know that they know that you're watching them. Uh, they have one of my favorite, and I used to do this somewhat on a dare, but it once it becomes the thing that you do, it's no longer a dare. I would do the the foxy lady dance. Oh my god! We would, we would. Play. I wish we had video on this right now. Yeah, it was before cell phones and videos and all that. So I'm glad. I'm glad a lot of this shit was way before that. Uh they would throw it on the jukebox, and all of it, you know, I'd be at the bar, you know, probably like 18 years old, yeah. when I was drinking illegally in bars. Uh, eight, I was doing that too. 18 to 20, I was in bars I was, at, I was drinking, I was eight, oh no, I was 19. Yeah. Or 19 or 20, and I was drinking illegally in bars because my ex worked at the bar. Uh-huh. And so they never carded me. Nope. Ever. I had friends that worked at the bar. And, and I that would... bar is no longer around. Uh, uh, <laughs> it wasn't for me, though. Get in trouble for serving minors, did they? Probably, but this this closed down years later. I, uh, they would throw it on the jukebox, and I would jump up and do the uh, the, foxy, the, lady the foxy lady song, and uh, yeah, everybody was amused. I had three three birthdays in bars before my twenty first, so I had a twenty second, <laughs> I had a twenty second, a twenty third, a twenty fourth, so it was eighteen, nineteen, twenty, so nineteen, twenty, my twenty. No, I had my nineteenth birthday was my twenty second. My 20th birthday was my 23rd. You know, and then my 21st birthday, I professed to everyone that I am now 21, and they they considered throwing me out of the bar. I had been a regular in this bar. That's so funny, dude. I'd been a regular in this bar for three years, and I had those three birthday parties in that bar. And when they when they realized I was just turning 21, they they contemplated possibly throwing me out. Then they took me in the back room, and they said. You little son of a bitch. You tricked us for almost three years. I'm like, it's not my fault you didn't card me. And I'm like, hey, they thought they did. Oh. They they thought that they thought they did, and a couple of them figured it out throughout the years. And they were like, just say that so and so carded you. Yeah. Okay, just say this one carded you. And I never had to fill out the book because they had a, an ID book. I never had to fill out that book. Um, I would actually even go to other bars. With this, I got a job at that bar before I was twenty one. Oh no shit! Yeah, to pay to pay off my high bar tabs. You know who? You know who Dream Woman is married to? Huh? 
Dan Aykroyd. No shit. That's his wife. Yeah. Oh, wow. Donna Dixon. Wow, that's amazing. Aykroyd. That's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I would do that little bit. But yeah, They have 17 kids together. They, Dan Aykroyd has 17 kids? No. One, two, three, four. Four kids. <laughs> that's close. They just have a long bunch of long names. That's very close to 17. Um, but in, in their, their travels, they, you know, like we touched on before, they meet Alice Cooper, and Alice Cooper tells them the, uh, the history of Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee. Yes. Which is in Gauntlet for the Great Land. And then Wayne says... Damn, you dudes know how to party. And they all just stare at him. And then, then they go into the I'm not worthy bit. Uh, the, what, what are some of the other ones? The, the swinging, they, they swing quite a bit. They swing, yeah, they swing they, they for sh- they swing. Claudia Schiffer in this. Yes, they swing for Tia Carrera. We swing for Tia Carrera. They swing for the dream woman. They, they swing for Dan Aykroyd's wife. Yep. Um, well, at least Garth does. Yeah, Gar- Garth, is he swings a lot. One of my favorite lines, and I think it's in this movie, and I still, I, I use this, uh, it, when she says, or somebody asks Garth, uh, would you like to go get dinner some night? And he goes, I like to get dinner every night. <laughs> <laughs> I think they had the, uh, in this this movie here, he's uh, he goes through his Oscar award award-winning speech. He's yeah. like, and you know what's the worst thing about it is? I never learned to read. She's and like, is I, that true? Well, everything about the reading part. Yeah, everything about the reading part. That is a play on, I believe, Sissy Spacek actually did that at the Oscars. Oh, no shit. I, I think so. I think that's who did it. It was a it was a spoof on that. Um, And then the Bohemian Rhapsody scene. That's one of the greatest scenes ever. Yes, and that that brought new life to that that, that song. song. It put it back on the charts after like a decade of not being on the charts. Yeah, it put it back it on the charts. Put Queen back up and Queen, yeah, Queen had put Queen back up again. Yes, because this was this was right before Freddie Mercury passed away. I think right, very close. I don't know if it was before or after. Because this was what ninety two, ninety three. I think he passed away in ni- one of the either ninety two or ninety three. Yeah. It was very close. Now, interesting bit of trivia. Bohemian Rhapsody nearly did not make the film. It was going to be um, Welcome to the Jungle. Yes. They didn't want to pay to put the song in. The rights were too expensive. Uh, Lauren Michaels was the producer. And they think Guns N' Roses would have been cheaper? Well. Have they met Axl Rose? The thing is, Lauren Michaels also didn't want to use Bohemian Rhapsody because at that point the song was almost 20 years old. Yeah. And they wanted to use something fresh. Something fresh. And Mike Myers actually fought for the Queen song. And he even threatened to quit production if he didn't get what he wanted. Really? Yes. Could you imagine? They probably would not have made Wayne's World. Well, this if would never happen if Wayne would have quit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that iconic scene almost did not happen. He said, Oh, bite me. And I'm taking my show with me. And they're like, yeah. We own the show. Yeah. Dana, or fucking, whatever the fuck his name is. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Yeah, yeah. We're, the, his, the whole, this episode's going to be about Mike Myers, so yeah. that's that's who it, who it was. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they, they, they almost didn't get that song. That scene would not have been nearly as iconic. memorable no. or iconic if they didn't use Bohemian. No, if they, used, if, they used any, if they used Guns N' Roses like they wanted to, 
it wouldn't have worked out. Well, it, it the choreography was perfect, mm-hmm. you know, for that. There isn't really a scene where they could do that headbanging scene in Guns N' Roses. Not a part. No. I mean, because Welcome to the Jungle, the whole thing is just fast-paced. Yeah. I mean, so... I think that's what they were going to do. Welcome to the Jungle, or it was that, or Paradise City. Yeah. One, but neither one of those songs have a part that would fit. No. Um, and remember in, in the car, didn't they have the licorice? Yeah. Yeah. They had the little licorice thing. I wanted to find out how to put one of those in my car. Oh, we could do that. That's easy. Well, not my, my car now. My car back then. Oh. So we can put it in your center console, dude. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I wanted it in the roof like they had it. They, they're on the, the ceiling. Oh, yeah. That's where they pulled it off. Don't you have a moonroof? No, I don't. Oh, fuck. We could do that. Take us 10 minutes. I don't want to put it in my new car. <laughs> I don't want a fucking li- licorice thing in my new car. Well, because you know what would happen? There'd be fucking licorice everywhere in that car. I'm going to convince you on this. Oh, okay. You um, know, I'm just going to surprise you one day. Okay, I'm going to come out and I'm like, <laughs> who the fuck put a licorice dispenser in my car? And I'll be like, ha ha. Sta- I'm just going to be standing there. You'd like, like proudly showing it off. Surprise! Look what I did. What the <laughs> fuck did you do to my car? <laughs> you're gonna, you'll put it in with like fucking self-tapping screws that'll be sticking out of the top. Like, thanks. I've got to have the licorice light on top. <laughs> the licorice light. Um. So, uh, they also had a scene where they were laying on the hood of the car watching airplanes fly over. I, I used to do that. I've never done that. Oh, we used to go down to the airport, and, and there was a little bar, like, right outside the airport that we would park there when after the bar closed. Yeah. And, you know, usually it was like I had taken a, a lady out somewhere, and we would go out and lay and watch the... Because I had a big car, you know, yeah. a big hood. And we'd lay oh, there. Oh, a Cadillac, huh? Uh, no, I, I had an LTD at one oh, point. Oh, it's about the same size. Yeah, it was huge. Um, a Ford POS LTD. Yeah. With I had a, one of those. With a, it had a, 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 a hand choke, a throttle choke. Oh, nice. That you had to pull out. To open the carburetor up. So the car yeah. would start. And an 8-track player. Oh, fuck. It featured an 8-track player, and I had two 8-tracks. I had two 8-tracks. One was an Elvis 8-track. And probably one was either CCR or Leonard Skinner. No, but very close. Steve Miller fly like an eagle. Oh fuck yeah, dude! And right there in the same era. And you would have to put a a, a book of matches or a folded up piece of paper underneath of it uh-huh. so it would play properly. But and it would push right through the like the the where the radio tuner was. Yeah. You'd push it right through there and it would fold back and yeah, it was fucking it was pimp man. It was a, I I was a pimp. So what I did is I took a boombox and. I got a lot of fucking speaker cable, and I took four speakers out of other boom boxes that like the tape deck had broken on. Yeah, and I installed those four speakers across the back dash of my car. I've done that. Now the I pro- had I had actual I didn't have not boombox speakers. I had actual stereo speakers. Yep, that just like, sat up there. Yeah, that just sat in my back seat. Yep. Well, I had the boombox. The, the yeah. big fucking like the. 40-inch or whatever the fuck they were. 30-inch, yep. yeah. Yep. I had those in my back seat. Well, Nobody could sit in my back seat. I had the big square boombox speakers, and they sat on the back dash. And the boombox would sit between the two people in the front seat. Yeah. Problem being, when you came to an abrupt stop, those big, square, heavy boombox speakers <laughs> yeah. would fly forward yep. and hit you. So it was not uh, advised to you, do that. You didn't have your seat belted down like I did? No. No, I did not. Um, yeah, uh, this is the only Saturday Night Live movie ever, well, probably, you know, like, based on a skit, 
that grossed over $100 million. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fucking, what a, what a great, what a great movie. I mean, uh, they banned the playing of Stairway to Heaven in the guitar store. Yep. That, I still hear people, when you go to like Guitar Center. No Stairway. Tonight. Yeah, when you go to Guitar Center and ask them, hey, can I try out a guitar? They tell you no stairway. They often will say, as long as you don't play Stairway to Heaven, and they'll hand it to you. I can't play Stairway to Heaven, so I can't either. Um, oh, what else here? Dana Carvey did not learn the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody prior to filming the scene where everyone is singing along to and that's it. That's why he's going... That's why he's just mush-mouthing it. Yeah, he's, he's not singing. And he was not pleased at the, the tape that was used because he was just moving his mouth and... Not really singing along. Yeah. Uh, he didn't like that, apparently. However, the person that did learn all the lyrics and uh, to the songs that, that they were responsible for, Tia Carrera. Because she actually sang she on She sang her songs, yeah. She sang um, Ballroom Blitz, which was on the soundtrack. Uh, amazing version of Ballroom Blitz. Oh, I love that. That's like my favorite version, actually. Like we said, they uh, they they revived the career of, of Queen um, and, and thrust them back into the... Uh, the limelight because that song was put out in 1975. Yep. It had dropped in popularity throughout the eighties and the band actually did not even include it on their tours. Cause it was too long. It was too long and it had dropped so much in popularity. Um, it became a bigger hit the second time around and they didn't get to celebrate the popularity because Freddie Mercury had passed away. Yeah. Before this movie came out, so he did not get to enjoy the revival of the career. Um, he died just a few months before the film That's was released. Right. And but I think he knew about it. Mercury did. Yeah, he gave permission, and he actually did see the clips because Mike Myers knew that he was dying, and he sent tapes of the scene for Freddie to watch. Oh, that's awesome! So Freddie got to see it. Uh, Brian May said that he gave his permission and all that and and enjoyed seeing the, the film. Nice. You know, the parts of the film that he... Uh, that gives me a fuzzy feeling. Yeah, it, it, it's nice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, initially, Mike Myers did not want to share the limelight with Dana Carvey. The development of the Wayne character was supposed to be a solo character and he when he was in Second City. Yeah. But then when he joined SNL... In order to get that skit on the air, so he developed Wayne at second when he was with Second City. Yes. Oh wow! It, and it was on. Uh, it was a completely different show. It was called like On the Rocks or, or We Rock or yeah. something. Um, the the way that he got Wayne's World off the ground was to include Dana Carvey as his sidekick because Dana Carvey was an established actor yeah. on SNL. So, I mean, that's kind of interesting that you know he was like you know. I'm doing this by myself. Um, I mean, he's made a huge career by himself, just doing weird skits. Oh, yeah, yeah. He really, you know, he did. Now, they, they uh, <laughs> kind of funny. Um, Wayne and Garth, you know, Mike Myers and, and Dana Carvey, they actually uh, injured themselves during that uh, headbanging scene. Oh, no shit. They hit their heads? Uh, the steering wheel? No, they just... They did so many takes that they got severe pain in their necks. <laughs> they got whiplash. <laughs> yeah. And they said you can see it in the movie later on. 
because it's very apparent that they are like turning their whole body instead of turning their head. Yeah. So their necks were killing them for the. Uh, oh the, my the god, film, that's great. The duration of the of the filming. Um. Yeah. That, isn't that funny? They were unable to obtain the rights to Stairway to Heaven riff, so they changed it. <laughs> Which is probably why they said no stairway. They obtained the first five notes of the song, and that's all that appears in the U.S. Like, release. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, and then they get cut off. Yep. That's all they could obtain was the first five notes, uh, which is kind of funny. Well, Leonard Skinner, or not Leonard Skinner, fuck, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. They hadn't let anybody play any of their music in movies. Oh, no. Until um, School of Rock. Oh, yeah. That was the first movie they let them use them as a soundtrack. Yes. Yep. Uh, Dana Carvey said that uh, that he developed a severe pain in his jaw as well because Garth has an overbite. So after he w- would film, he would have to go home at night and wrap his head with bags of ice because his jaw hurt so bad from holding that goofy, yeah, that goofy uh, yeah. overbite or underbite, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, uh, and Mike Myers does not really remember filming this movie because. His father's health was was uh, kind of in you know going downhill. I was gonna say he was doing a bunch of drugs, but no, no. His he he had his father was in poor health, and so he said what he remembers is he remembers finishing the film. Yeah, and then his dad died. Oh no! Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, and when they filmed the Cantonese scenes, Mike Myers learned the. The sounds of the words. Yeah. He had no clue what those words meant. Oh, okay. Wow. No clue what those words meant. So... He could have been saying anything. Yeah. Now here, this is interesting to know. According to the director, Mike Myers was very difficult to work with. He arrived on set one day to discover that the snack table only had butter and not margarine for his bagel. Oh, my God. He became enraged, flipped the table over, and stormed off set, and did not come out of his trailer for hours. So she assigned her daughter to be his assistant. And the director said that uh, that Mike Myers was emotionally needy and got more difficult as the shoot went along. So he was a big prima donna before his career actually took off. Yes. And they said, you should have heard him bitching about when I was trying to do that Bohemian Rhapsody scene. He said, I can't move my neck like that. Why do I have to do this so many times? No one is going to laugh at that. To this day... She says that she has the image of her daughter sitting on this little cooler looking at her and mouthing, Mom, I fucking hate you. That's funny. That, that awesome? Oh, my God. So they put up with that for 34 days because that's how long it took to shoot this movie. And they included a reference to Terminator 2 Judgment Day where the cop walks yep. up. Have you seen this boy? Yes, and they're like, ah, and they take off. Uh, Mike Myers did not want that in there because he did not think it would be funny. Oh, that was great. But then they said people went shithouse over it. Because didn't Terminator come out right before this? The year before, I believe. Yeah. 91, yeah. A couple years before. Um, or no, yeah, right before because this movie was... Uh, 92. 92. So, yeah, the year before. Um, yeah, he didn't think it would be funny at all. Uh, how, is this, how is he still acting? Because he hates... Apparently he hates everything. Yeah, he sounds like a pain in the ass to work with. Um, and apparently, uh, he and the director argued over the final cut. 
And then uh, Myers blocked her from directing the sequel. Really? Yeah, I said she could not direct the sequel. And yeah, it, I mean, just what a what a what a shit show that this seems like. He just I sounds mean, like a fucking pain in the ass. I mean, I like Mike Myers. I like or I like the stuff he's done, but he just sounds like a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, he really does. Um, Gary Wright re-recorded Dreamweaver for this film. Oh no shit! Yes, re-recorded it, uh, which is that's kind of cool. Fender made a Wayne's World signature Stratocaster in the 90s after this movie became a hit. And so it would be the white Excalibur guitar. That Jimi had. That Jimi Hendrix had. Yep. But it had the Wayne's World logo engraved in the the, the, in the plate. Next, oh. Yeah, the plate on the neck. Oh, really? No yeah. shit. Alice Cooper was under the assumption that he would be performing music in this film. Instead uh, of lip, lip syncing music? No, he he thought that he was going to be performing musically and then have one line. Yeah. And then he was handed a, a script with like this that whole monologue and he didn't have a lot of time. But he's such a history buff that it was very easy for him to remember the facts. Oh no shit. Nice. Yeah. And Mike Mike Myers actually wanted uh, two songs. He wanted I'm 18 and School's Out to be performed in this film. But Alice Cooper's manager, Shep Gordon, convinced them to use Feed My Frankenstein instead because that was a newer song. Yeah. And they wanted they wanted that to be foc- the focus of this movie that was going to be so huge. New music. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of, that was a smart move on Alice Cooper's managers. And so intelligent, anyways. And those guys, he's been like his manager for most of his career. Oh, no shit. No contract. It's a handshake deal. Really? Yes. Wow, that's pretty cool. It just attests to what a great guy Alice Cooper is. Okay, so there's a scene in this movie where they are made to interview their sponsor. Yep. Who is played by uh, Brian Doyle Murphy. Or Brian Doyle... Brian Doyle Murray. Murray, yeah. He's one of the Murrays. Yeah. He was also Caddyshack. And uh, he has written on the back of the... He has, like, little note cards, and he has shit written on there, like he's a sphincter boy and all that, and... This man has no penis. Okay, do you know why that line's in there? Because he has no penis? Because that is a tribute to Ghostbusters when Bill Murray, who is Brian's oh, brother, yeah, that's says, right. this man has no dick. That's That right. was a tribute, yeah. That was a tribute to that. So, I mean... What... This, I would have never caught that. Well, that's why we do this. Yeah. So, I mean, with with so many great, uh, so many great moments in this film and all that, what is kind of your final takeaway on just this this little film here? Because we're going to go on to the I think next. It's one. it's held it's it's held up over the last twenty five years or thirty years. Oh yeah, it's still funnier than shit. Yeah, I mean, we were playing it as we were doing this. And I don't even have to hear the words to know what the fuck they're saying. Exactly, because we just watched the whole thing with the mute on. Yeah. And I knew exactly what was going on. Uh, and, like, when he runs over and opens up the camera and says, this camera has no film, and he opens it up, and then they spend, like, two minutes watching all the, the film, film unroll. It's hilarious. I. Uh, yeah, there's, there's just so many things that, you know, that happen that still hold up. 
So, obviously it was successful because in, two years later they made another one. And it's still the basic idea where they have their show. And they've moved it to an abandoned factory. And in this film, Wayne has a dream where he meets Jim Morrison from The Doors. And... And this is supposed to be like the Jim Morrison dream where he finds he meets the Indian. Yes, yes. Uh, he, he They said there's a, a weird naked Native American in the desert and Morrison convinces Wayne that he has to organize a major music festival. They call it Wayne Stock. And, and it turns out to be a bust. Yes, it, it turns out just to be shit. Um, so they consult Morrison again. Because the bands wouldn't show up. Yeah. And uh, they get lost in the desert. They die, they're die. they going to die of starvation. And then they drive their car off the cliff, reenacting the Thelma and Thelma Louise. Thelma ending. <laughs> yes. And uh, they just say, okay, we need to we need to end this. Well, they did that in the first movie, too. The mega happy ending. They said, we, don't, we need to do a happy ending. In the original, it's a sad ending, and they do the doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. And they do the Scooby Doo ending. Yep, I love the Scooby Doo ending because the old man, the old man, was actually in the coffee shop or the donut shop, uh-huh. and he was hanging out with them. Yeah, he was always hanging out with them. Yeah, but he was the old man with her from a haunted amusement park. So, um, they do their happy ending, and the uh, the the Wayne Stars is a success, and wasn't Aerosmith supposed to headline it or something? I, I don't. Yes, Aerosmith was in it. Uh, so yeah, Aerosmith headlined it. So, not who I would have had headline my. Still a pretty solid choice. Woodstock, but yeah. I mean, I do like I do like Aerosmith, but I mean, if it was me, I'd have probably went with uh, that fucking. Well, not Motley Crue now. Motley Crue then. No, that fucking band that you were talking about earlier. The Cavalier Conspiracy. Yeah, they would be on there. We're gonna get Max Cavalier to call us now. Yeah. He's gonna call our hotline. And say he wants to he wants to be interviewed, and I'm be like, fuck yes, because he lives in Phoenix. Oh yeah, we do that. So the the cast of this one, of course, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, Tia Carrere re, uh, returns, Christopher Walken. Yeah, he plays the uh, he's like the the shady fucking. No, is he is he like the shady agent? I don't know. I can't remember. Um, James Hong is in this. Uh. Are, uh, he plays Tia Kerr's father. Yes. And he's a martial arts expert. Kim Basinger is in this. Schwing. Schwing. She plays Schwing. a psycho. She's yeah. a psycho girlfriend. Her name James is... Hong just got a star, didn't he? I believe so. He just got a star at Hollywood Walk of Fame after. He should have got it years ago. Uh, Kim Basinger plays a character named Honey Horny. Hi, honey. I'm Horny. Really? Mm-hmm. Chris Farley, Ed O'Neill, they return. Um, Drew Barrymore is in this. I, oh, I didn't remember that. Swing. Swing. Jay Leno appears as himself. Heather Locklear as herself. Swing. I think she's dating Garth in this. Uh, yeah. She ends up dating Garth. I, and this might be the one where she asks, do you, know, do, do you want to, would you like to get some dinner? And he says, I'd like to get dinner every night. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's this one because I think she delivers that line. Ted McGinley is in this. Ted McGinley, he was in Married with Children. Yep. He was in Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, Tim Meadows, 
And uh, Robert Schmeagel. Schmeagel. Bob Odenkirk also in this. Bob Odenkirk's in this. Yes. Bob Odenkirk. Rip Taylor appears as himself. Aerosmith appears as themselves. Rip Taylor couldn't play anybody else but himself. No, there's no way. No. No. Who who else would throw confetti? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, Wayne's World 2, I don't think was as big a hit as Wayne's World. No, I mean, because the sequels are never usually as big. But it was still a good fucking movie. Now, I remember when Wayne's World 2 came out. Because... I was running around in town, you know, in my, my car. I had a different car at the time. Um, and my friend, she asked me, hey, do you want to go? I, I was friends with her and her boyfriend. <coughs> and she said, do you want to go see Wayne's World 2 with us? I'm like, yes, but I got to run home first. And she's like, okay, you know, we'll meet back here. Like, okay, cool. I was heading home for whatever reason, like the five miles home, and I hit a deer with my car. That happens. I did not get to go see this in the theater with my friend, which I was like kind of bummed out, you know. I, it, it sucked. Um, did the deer end up in the back seat? No, it just hit the hit the front of the car, crinkled it up, and went over the guardrail. Ah. Yeah. So, a little trivia about Wayne's World 2. Nirvana was offered a part in the film as a performer for Wayne Stock. Um, when did this movie come out? 94. 93. 93. Yep. Cobain killed himself in 93. In 94. Oh, oh did he? Yep, it was 94. Shit. Yep. Um, they eventually uh, declined. They were even shown a rough cut of the film to try to convince them, and they, they declined. Was this because they didn't want to be commercialized? Probably. Probably. Um, so, Wayne... You think Dave Grohl would turn that down now? No. No. Uh, well, maybe. He's missing a drummer. This is an... Yeah, shit. He, yeah, he might. <laughs> uh, this is another little nod to the fact that Mike Myers had no clue what the fuck he was talking about when he was doing the Cantonese. Yeah. Because he is speaking on the phone to uh, to James Hong. And the last thing he says is, Chi Sohai Bendo Ah. Chi Sohai Bendo Ah. That's supposed to be a way of saying goodbye in Cantonese. What that phrase actually means is where is the toilet? It actually That's means, awesome. Yes. So, uh, like we said, the, the director... Uh, and James Hong was talking out of sync in this. Yeah. Yes, he was. The whole time. Now, we said the director, she was banned. You know, Penelope Shepherds is the director. And they said that uh, you know she was blocked from... Directing it. She said she couldn't deal with Mike Myers again. Yeah. Um, she instead directed the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh. Which might have been a bigger film than this. Uh, you know, it's pretty close. She got to, to work with uh, Jim Barney in that. Yeah, I did. I, you know, I did like that movie. It was, yeah, it was good. Um, they actually filmed from an, uh, an Aerosmith concert. They went to an Aerosmith concert in San Diego, and they stood in the audience and filmed live. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Did Aerosmith know about this? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't see Steven Tyler getting too bent out of shape about it, but... the They said that there was, uh, at the Wayne stock, they said to avoid the bad licorice. Yeah. It was a spoof on the bad, bra- brown acid. Bra- bad brown acid from yeah. Woodstock. Yeah. And then Mike Myers decided that he would not do another Wayne's World film because he wanted to do something else that we'll talk about a little later. 
little secret agent movie. Um, which I, I think that might have done okay. Uh, uh, what yeah. the fuck was that? You, uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. I'll oh, tell you. You know what? I have. To... You, you, God damn it, you'll, you'll be like, oh, duh, once you see it. Alright, I'm gonna wait. Rob Lowe did not reprise his role as the dickhead. He played a different character in this. Or he was he was supposed to play a different character in this. But when he actually went to read for it, it went so bad that his manager said, you're not doing it. Oh, wow. And instead, Christopher Walken took over the spot. So this could have been a whole different movie. I remember what the movie is now. Yes. Um, they... They used several gags in this movie that they used in that other movie that we spoke about as well. Yeah. Or that we will speak about. Um, namely, where Wayne goes up and uh, Tia Carrera's laying in bed and Wayne goes, Whoa, I, I fell over. I'm sorry. Oh, I fell again. And he's just humping her. Yeah. He's like, I fell again. And he kept dry humping oh, her. Oh, I fell over. I fell over. Oh, oops, I fell over. Uh, yeah, they, they recycled that a few times. Um, they reference a lot of other movies in this as well. Uh, not necessarily by saying their name. Yeah. They just, they do pieces that are tributes. So, Wayne gives this big speech to Milton, who is uh, uh, Chris Farley. Okay. And Chris Farley's character, Milton, says, I've got no place else to go. Well, that mocks a scene in An Officer and a Gentleman. i got no place else to go. They also... Reference Field of Dreams. The they several times they reference Field of Dreams, but the main oh, one yeah, is if you build it, if if you book them, they will come. Book them, they will come. If you book them, they will come. Now th- there there was a line that was lifted from this movie. The line is Garth says, "I'm low on gas and you need a jacket." Yeah, that movie. That line's in that movie. That's in the movie. Yes, yeah. but they lifted that. Uh, Pierce the Veil, the band, lifted that and used it as a title of a song. Oh, no shit. And they said that's because the lead singer, these are his favorite movies. Oh, wow. Um, Tim Meadows plays Sammy Davis Jr. in this this uh, movie. And that was... Uh, Tim Meadows is fucking funny. That was one of his characters in SNL. Yeah. Uh, the call letters for the radio station, WPIG... WPIG was the rival station to WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, that's right. So they they use that. And also, three members of the Batman films were in this. Ken Basinger, Christopher Walken, mm-hmm. and Drew Barrymore. Yeah, Drew Barrymore was... Oh, she was in Batman. Yes. Yeah, she was in the Batman Returns or Batman Forever. Batman Forever she was yeah. in. Yeah. Um, they encountered T-Rex... As a parody on their Jurassic Park, yep. which was only released six months before. Um, apparently, Dana Carvey went and pitched this role of Honey Horny to Kim Basinger. And she took the script home and showed her then-husband, Alec Baldwin, and he read it, he loved it, and he urged her to take the role. Oh, nice. Um... So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, there's a lot of star power here. Tons, I mean, just tons of star power. Uh, 
Drew Barrymore and Heather Locklear, they never shared a scene in this movie. However, they had been in a movie nine years before. They played mother and daughter in Firestarter. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then Kid Basinger went on to play Eminem's mom as well. Yeah. In 8 Mile. So it, it, this, th- this film almost didn't get made <laughs> because... Mike Myers. Well, Mike Myers, he... He submitted the, the, the script, and it was based on, very loosely, based on a 1949 British movie called Passport to Plimco. And they discovered that, Paramount discovered that it was too similar to that film, which was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. So they said, it's, it's unacceptable. Well, when they said it was unacceptable, Mike Myers... Left. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he just left. He left, uh, you know, he's like, I'm not doing it then. And they were so pissed at him that they gave him a lecture about the responsibilities to the studio and the co-workers. And they said he had to complete a script. And they said they were going to sue him. They were going to take his fucking house. He won't own a fucking home. Uh, and she said, uh, there's a team figuring out how to take every single thing that you own away from you right now. And they said that that ass-chewing was so severe that Mike Myers curled up in the fetal position on the couch in her office. Holy shit. And then she said, if I were you, I would go to Lauren Michaels' office right now and stay there until you come out with a new script. We will slide you food under the door. So he went back in. So he, he was at the Saturday Night Live Studios. He was held hostage <laughs> at the Paramount Studios. Oh my God. And he started working on this script. And then he begged them for time to make revisions. So they pushed it back because then he got married and went to Paris on his honeymoon. Yeah. And they agreed, okay, we'll push it back. So he married an axe murderer, huh? Well, that's coming up later. <laughs> Um, they, they pushed back the start date of filming and all that. And then he vowed after this film, as long as Sherry Lansing worked for Paramount, that's a lady that gave him that ass chewing. Yeah. He would never do another movie with the studio. No shit. But he did love Guru for him. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Did you know he was in Bohemian Rhapsody? Who? Mike Myers. Oh, the video? No, the movie. There's a movie called Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. Oh. The Queen movie. I did not know that. What? Yeah. I know he, Wayne and Garth appeared in tons of music videos, like for Aerosmith and Alice Cooper. And Let's see, who did he play? Tons. He played Ray Foster in that movie. I don't know who but the hell that is. I don't is. know that either. It was probably... Oh, you know what? I think he was one of the original agents that they, they signed oh, up Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Um... The director actually appeared as himself. He uh, he appeared as himself. He walked on. There was the, the gas station manager. Yeah. And he walks in in the middle of the scene and recasts that part. Takes to get the actor out and puts someone else in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. isn't working. Hold this on. isn't working and he moves them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he had a little, a little uh, cameo. And then... The last little thing that, that of trivia here, uh, there is the Native American that, that appears 
in the film to give them the advice and their their dream sequences. Yeah. Um, at the very end, he the the Native American actor walks into the scene. He looks around and there's garbage thrown all over the concert grounds, and then a car drives by and they throw garbage. It lands on his feet and, yep. he, and he cries. That is it's an old uh, an old public, public service yeah. announcement. Yeah, that featured Iron Eyes Cody. It was in 1971, and they wanted to they wanted to pay tribute to that because it was very iconic. Yeah. So they wanted to pay tribute to that, so they did. Who the hell played John Mor- Jim Morrison in this? Um, I, I, I don't know. He did a pretty good job. It was not Val Gilmore, I can tell you that. No. Should have been. Was it John Morrison? Uh, Jim Jim Morrison. I know who Jim Morrison It was not John Morrison, no. no. Should have been. Yeah. There should be like 12 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I I I have no clue who who played. That was um, Michael Nichols. Don't know who he is. I have no idea either. Has it been anything else? Um, nothing that I have ever seen. Okay. Hamburg. He was in Hamburger Hill in '87. Oh, Hamburger Hill's a great movie. Um, you stupid man. He was in Death Becomes Her. Okay. Eight heads in a duffel bag. That's a great movie, Joe Pesci. I love anything Joe Pesci did. Um, and that's about it. I mean, that I've heard of. He was in the Paul Bunyan and Babe movie in 2017. Oh, that's got to be good. I've never... It's a cartoon, and I've never heard of it, so I don't know how good it is. So, in a... Uh, another little, little callback to that, uh, that Native American scene at the end. Um, so, after the credits... Wade and Garth come in to clean up. Yep. And they see the, the, the man crying, and they say, don't worry, we're going to clean it up. So it, it was like a little, they clean your shit up yeah. type message. Don't but, leave a fucking mess on the ground. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts about Wayne's World 2? I, I thought it, 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 had, it did its purpose for what it was, what it was trying to do. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a good movie. It wasn't a great movie. It was a good sequel. Yeah, it had Christopher Walken in it. Yeah, so it's got to be good. Um, it. I mean, it kind of fell flat. It was, yes, it was a Wayne's World movie. Yeah, there's only so much you can do with Wayne and Garth, though. They were good in five minute skits. Yeah. I think the fact that they made a feature-length movie out of that skit was pretty amazing. You know what? Christopher Walken did, like, was it Warlock? Yeah. Like, right around the same time. Yep. Or The Prophecy. The Prophecy. The Prophecy. Yeah, he was in The Prophecy 1 through 4. Yes. Because remember, I watched them all that one day. Yes, you did. And I was supposed to be watching something else. Yeah, you're, I can't, you're supposed to watch something, and you're like, I'm watching The Prophecy. I'm like, we're doing zombie movies, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but we're watching them. I'm watching The Prophecy. I got stuck on The Prophecy movies. But yeah, he did this, these, that, those movies around the same time. Yeah, and this was his break into comedy. I think so. Because he only did serious movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I'm surprised that they they got a full movie out of the first one with a what something that was good for a five minute little skit. Yeah. Pushing it to do a sequel, uh, I think that kind of. Uh, I think pushing it to do a sequel was a little much. I think you. Um, I'm guessing it was like when they like with Ghostbusters two. They didn't want to do it, but they had to do it. They had, yeah, they had to because it was so popular. So, 
I don't know. You know, it's it was it was interesting. You know that the old man that they just showed here in the scene, that's the old man that's in like all the. I think he was like in the Tool videos and the old and Metallica videos back then, like the Unforgiven video. Yeah, that was the old man that was just chopping wood over here. Okay. So and he's been in a bunch of he's in a bunch of fucking videos. He was in the Nirvana videos. Yeah. He was in the Weird Al video. It smells like Nirvana. He was in the, the oh, okay. Weird Al yeah. video. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of shit. So there were talks about maybe doing Wayne's World three. I heard about this. It's so up in the air still. As of February of this year. Yeah. It's still. I mean, there's still demand for it. Um, and I haven't heard a no on it. I, I haven't heard a no. But I think I think he's talking about doing it again because it's been so long. And well, and they they are citing the popularity of the the new Bill and Ted movie. Yeah. Where they came back as the parents and the and the kids were the focus. There's a possibility of doing something like that, and they said that. The big holdup is Paramount. Paramount owns the property. Yeah. So Mike Myers and Dana Carvey or the directors or anyone involved in the movie has no say in it. And they're the ones that are getting the questions. Are you guys going to do it? Talk to Paramount. It's not up to us. Yeah, it's not up to us. But I have heard that there is at least interest in doing a third. I don't know. I'm sure if they did it as basically a spoof of the first two, much like the third Bill and Ted movie, yeah. I think it might work. If they do, if they go that direction, yeah, I think it yeah. would work. So we'll see. But uh, anything else you want to talk about, Dana Carvey wise or Wayne's World wise? No, I think we covered we covered pretty a much lot. everything he did. Yeah, we we covered a, a bunch. So why don't we take a little break here, and then we'll go into some other things that Mike Myers has done, kind of his film career, and. Some of the things that we're going to talk about, they won't seem like they're quote-unquote retro, but you got to understand, some of them are, like the, 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 the latest thing we're going to talk about is 20 years old. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it kind of is retro. So, let's take a break. Let's re, re you know, kind of regroup. Late 90s, early 2000s is all retro now, so. Yeah. So, we'll take a break, we'll regroup, and we'll be back with Mike Myers. Well, not with Mike Myers. He's not here. We might be back with Mike Myers. You never know. The guy is a master. He's literally... I mean, I know... Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey was in a master of disguise, but Mike Myers is literally a master of disguise. He is. So, maybe, maybe, maybe he's sitting here with us right now. Maybe he's one of us. You never know. Could be. So It could be that box of... That bag of cookies. I didn't know you had a bag of cookies sitting here. Been sitting here the whole time. Well, I didn't know that was a bag of cookies. You're gonna get some, aren't you? Maybe. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. We're taking a break. I'm fucking Get some cookies. cookies. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Creepy, the family. 
All right. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Okay, I bet you're expecting to see the Adams family. Fished in. <laughs> okay, we just wanted to let you know that we're making a movie, too. And it's called... Excellent promo, eh? Yes, artistic yet accessible to a wide audience. Right. Hey, do you think we'll win an Academy Award? Oh, I'm sure we will. Not! Ladies and gentlemen, our takeover of General Motors is complete. Dr. Abel, we can now use GM's Ultium platform to power our whole operation. Now we can reduce tailpipe emissions. I'm sorry, am I no longer Dr. Evil? I'm Dr. Good now? I didn't get the meme out. Climate change is arguably the number one threat to the world now. Dr. Abel, you are now the number two threat to the world. I refuse to be number two, number two. We have to help the planet. Oh, please, cheer for my son. Your son? I shall name him Baby Me. No, his name is Kyle. Oh! You must help save the world first. Then you can take over that world. Okay, Frau, how about you let me do the business, all right? Hold on, I've got it. I will help save the world first, then take over the world. She literally just said that. Scott, you just don't get it, do you? What? What don't I get? You don't get it. Oh, we're right back. And you're never gonna get it. You can't draw me into this little... You, you act like a child. Here it is. You don't get I it. I am an adult. You can't push my buttons anymore. Stop! Oh! We'll reduce our carbon footprint. Whatever. Okay, let's go. We're going all electric. Everybody in! Not you, Scott. One day, you're gonna run the company, baby me. ago, a battle was fought, and an empire was destroyed. Now, the saga will continue. You were expecting someone else? <laughs> yeah! Oh yeah, baby! If you see only one movie this summer, see Star Wars. But if you see two movies, see Austin Powers. That's right, Mr. Bigglesworth. We're back. Oh, behave. The spy who shagged me. No, Mr. Bigglesworth. No, bad catch. Dr. Evil does not like to be pee-peed on. Princess, where are you? It's very spooky in here. I'm playing a game. Well, at least we know where the princess is, but where's the dragon? DreamWorks Pictures invites you to a land of fairy tales. Hey! Oh, no, 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 no. Dead girl off the table. Where are we supposed to put her? The bed's taken. What? Where an unlikely hero. Ah! You definitely need some Tic Tacs or something, because your breath stinks. Rescues a fair princess. You didn't slay the dragon? It's on my to-do list. From a nasty villain. Eat me! 
with the help of his trusty companion. This is going to be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. This summer, one name spells action. You're not exactly what I expected. One name spells adventure. How about him? Before this is over, I'm going to need a whole lot of serious therapy. One name. Don't look down. Trick, I'm looking down. Spells romance. Uh, it's no way to behave in front of a princess. Uh, oh, wow. She's as nasty as you are. Come on. There's an arrow in your butt. Oh. Oh. And that name is Shrek. Shrek. Thank you very much. I'm here till Thursday. Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow. You love this woman, don't you? Yes. You want to hold her? Yes. Please. Uh, yes. Then you got to, got to tie a little peasant Shrek. Wow. Let's do that again. No, no. of mystery in a world of magic one family's extraordinary power to change their appearance will be left in the hands of one man ah! <laughs> oh yes I give it cheese nice you like oh yes you like it cheese yeah. papa Solve the mystery. It is time for you to find your mother and your father. This simple waiter must become much more. Now I can teach you to become a master of disguise. Really? I'm going to be a master of disguise. I'm going to be a master of disguise. I'm going to yeah. be a master. This summer, your training begins now. Prepare to make the change. You are a fatty. <laughs> what is happening? Ah, save me! Save me! Ah, sorry, Grandpa. He will need a partner. Assistants commonly fall in love with their disguising masters. Can you resist, Pistachio? Can you resist me? I'll give it a shot. He will need practice. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Now you try. Oh. Who is your daddy? And a whole lot of patience. You got a little tomato soup with a crouton? No. You got some Neapolitan ice cream, you know, you got the vanilla chocolate strawberry. One of the greatest things ever invented. And you don't got it! Dana Carvey. I am Prince Lale Jama. Suave, Terry Suave. Are you a member of the Turtle Club? Am I not turtly enough for the Turtle Club? <laughs> Into my show. No, no, no. Where'd he go? <laughs> the master of disguise. I think it's time for you to go. This is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. Did you just tell me to shut up? Yes. He is brilliant. He is deadly. And he is still surrounded by frickin' idiots. This summer, I am a sexy beast. Secrets will be revealed. Lower the globe. Lower the globe. Oh, oh. I'm okay. I'm okay.
Release the meteor! Whoa! No way! Raise the bomb! <laughs> One of our best agents has been kidnapped. It's your father. An evil pact. Who has my father? The aptly named gold member. A dangerous mission. Where can I find this gold member? 1975. He is, ladies and gentlemen. It's gold member! I am from Holland. Oh! <sighs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> a foxy partner. I'm foxy Cleopatra, and I'm a whole lot of woman. <laughs> a family secret. Dad! Hello, son. Your spy car's a mini. It's not the size, mate. It's how you use it. <laughs> now, it's time to face the truth. <laughs> We've been trying for years to get a mole inside Dr. Evil's lab. And here he is. So you're the... Nice to mole you. Meet you. I said mole. Stop. Mole. Bye. Mole. On July 26th. Right on, sugar. Can you keep a secret? Molly, 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 New Line Cinema presents. Oh, I'd like to have a go with that, Philly. Shut your mouth. Mike Myers. I haven't laughed that hard since I was a little girl. Thank you. Introducing Beyonce Knowles. Huh? And Michael Caine. <laughs> you know, all kids are different, eh? For example, Minnie Me loves chocolate. Scotty do. So we're gonna do this. Scotty do. Ha ha. How about you, Oh, you're like I don't get it. How about you, Dory? What do you? How about you, Dory? Oh. oh. Honestly, Charles. Look, I don't. Can we just comb your lips? Just you right here, Scotty do. Austin Powers in Gold Member. <laughs> <laughs> Opens July 26th. And we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Now, I used our break to go to the bathroom, so I didn't have to go during recording. You know, that's where we differ. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't, you don't, you don't give a shit. You I just don't care. Sit here. Just sit here and wait while I go pee. <laughs> or I'll be like, I just get up and walk away. You don't even know I leave half the time. Oh, yeah, I just keep talking. Yeah, where are you going? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just—I was just adjusting my seat. Oh, okay. So we we talked about Dana Carvey's handful of movies and Wayne's World. Um. So let's get into the Mike Myers body of work. And oddly enough, quite a body it is. Why? Why? Yes, it is. Oddly enough, you know what though? It, what, what? You forgot your cookies. I, I didn't have any cookies. I'm okay. I had some for you. I know you did. I can smell them. Or that was your pee. One of the two. Cookie-smelling pee. <laughs> um, Mike Myers had a, a handful of things that he did prior to SNL, prior to Wayne's World. Nothing really of note that we need to talk about. Um, no one wants to talk about all that shit. No. Wayne and Wayne and Garth appeared in several music videos. They were in... Uh, Cinderella's Hot and Bothered. They were in Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. The, re the revamp. The, the Wayne's World version, yeah. Um, they were in Alice Cooper's Feed My Frankenstein. And then they did a TV movie called Wayne and Gar's Saturday Night Live Music A Go-Go. <coughs> Jesus Christ! Now that smells like cookies. <laughs> but in between... Wow, Jesus Christ. I mean, you even had like a great... 
facey. Like, I, 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 I was waiting, dude. It was building up. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Frightening. I know. I was afraid. It, it was like it was like when an anaconda takes down a, a, a fucking gazelle on the fucking Serengeti plains, and, yeah, and I don't think anacondas anacondas are in the Serengeti. They, yes, they are. It, Those it, are in Brazil, what? South America. Well, you ever seen the movie Anaconda? It doesn't take place over in the Cape of Good Hope. No, it, it takes place in Brazil or South America. Well, look at you, Mister Fucking Geography. Hey, I you know what? I, I don't like snakes, so I want to know where they're at. And you learned your geography from the movie Anaconda. That and other movies like The Jungle Book. I learned a bit in school and by like studying shit, not movies. I did. Didn't. Did not. I know. You you learned everything that you know from movies. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I know this. So, in between Wayne's yeah. World and Wayne's World 2. Yeah, right. Mike Myers did this film called So I Married an Axe Murderer. See, all I remember about this is like yeah. the beginning. I think it's the beginning. He's in like a, a nightclub and he's singing a song. It's like open mic night. Yeah. And it starts into that and then it goes into the movie. And then at the end, he thinks his wife is trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. And so the whole movie he thinks his wife's trying to kill him. Turns out it's somebody else. And Spoiler then, alert! And at the end of the movie, it's he's back at the nightclub doing his open mic night. Yeah, it's like a poetry thing. Or yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, romantic black comedy. Um, he plays a character named Charlie McKenzie. He's afraid of commitment until he meets Harriet, who works at a local butcher shop and is potentially a serial killer. And this starts. Mike Myers playing multiple roles in movies. movies because he plays his own father in this film and they are Scottish. So this is kind of a take on the, if it's not Scottish, it's crap. Sk- if it's not Scottish, it's crap. That's true. Um, Turns out, you know what? I did that ancestry thing like, like a while ago when COVID first started. Yeah. Well, my kid got it. So he wanted to see, so I looked it up, just happened to look it up again, because he said they updated some shit. Yeah. Well, they updated all my shit, and I'm like 47% Scottish. Oh, wow. And I tracked my mom, my great-grandmother back, like grandmother 15 times over. Yeah. She was born like in the 15, like 1500-something. They yeah. don't know for sure. It was just right around 1500. I'm like, fuck. That's cool. Yeah. And she's Scottish? She's Scottish. She's Scottish. She's not crap. No. So, yeah, I mean, I remember watching this. I, I remember... I'm also 1% Italian. Oh, that explains why you like meatballs and pizza. Yeah. yeah. And I think like 6% Russian. And then everything else is just random spots over in Europe. Yeah, okay. So your, your folks just kind of traveled around? My folk, my, my ancestors were a bunch of hoes. <laughs> my, is that what came back on the... 23 and me, your ancestors are. <laughs> your, your ancestors were a bunch of hoes. So, do you remember much about this film? That Everything I just told you was it. Oh, okay. Well, you remember. I didn't even know she worked in a butcher shop. You remembered a bit more than I did. Um, well, let's take a look at the cast and see if there's anybody notable here. Uh, most notable, well, Michael Richards is in this. 
Um, Phil Hartman is in this. Um, Debbie Amanda, Mezzer's in it. Yeah. And she has the most amazing eyes. Yes. Amanda Plummer is in this. But not really... Uh, Stephen Wright. Okay, Stephen Wright. I love Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright's pretty good. Yeah. But Phil Hartman's in it? Yeah. I said, I said Phil Hartman. You weren't oh, listening. I, I was not. No. Um, Michael Richards? I said that. You know, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And that's about... That's about it. You know, that's about all the... Uh, that's about all that, that we really know about this film because I don't remember watching it. I mean, I, I watched it. I know I watched it. There's something about he's on the roof or something. I remember that scene. Yeah, it was raining. Yeah, that's... I, you know... I didn't pay a lot of attention to, to shit in this period of time. Nancy Travis, she was hot back then. So, let's look at the trivia. So, Nancy Travis... Was while they were shooting scenes in the butcher shop, Nancy Travis was distracted by uh, Mike Myers' antics. She accidentally cut the tip of her middle finger off. Oh! And she kept yelling "cut, cut, cut," meaning that she was fucking cut. And the crew thought she just wanted to stop shooting. Yeah. But they, she finally got through to him that she actually cut herself, and a local doctor sewed the tip of her finger back on. Hey, you know what? That's a great doctor right there. Yeah, it is. Um, I think she was married to Ted Danson. Really? I don't know. There's a picture of them together. She was also in Cheers. Well, I'm, I guess in our world, she, they were married if there's a picture of them together. You know what? There's a whole bunch of pictures. Together. Like, there's the classic... Um, oh, like the... the, the glamour shots picture yeah, the, with the, your husband. And the, uh, the uh, engagement photo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let's just look here. Yeah, take a look and, 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 and check it out. Um, there, there was a... The French title of this film, the tra- English translation, is When Harriet Axes Charlie, which was a parody. They did it on purpose. It was a parody of the 1989 film starring Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And Sharon Stone was initially supposed to play the role the lead role of Harriet. But she wanted to play a dual role and also play Rose Michaels. The studio denied her requ- request to play a dual role, so she said, fuck yeah, I ain't playing either one. Sharon Stone? This Sharon was in her Stone. heyday. Yeah, this so, yeah, this, she could have done whatever the fuck she wanted. Yeah, well, she didn't get to pl- be in uh, who I, or, uh, I guess guess I married an ex- What the fuck's it called? So I married an axe murderer. So I married an axe murderer. I don't think it was her. I don't think it hurt her career. Uh, no, no, I don't believe so. Uh, to to play Mike Myers, to play his dual role, he had to do three and a half hours of makeup to hide himself. The fuck was that? Something touched me. On your head? Yeah. Oh. You got another ghost in here. Probably, or there's a fucking fly. There, I seen one earlier. Maybe it was a spider. Well, fucking better not be. That spider's going to be dead. <laughs> it bite you. She was in Three Men and a Little Baby. Who? Um... Nancy Travis. Oh, okay. That's why she's with Tony, or Tony Danza, or Ted Danzing, or the fuck his name is. Tony Danza? Ted Danzing. Same hold, guy. Hold me closer, Tony, Tony. Danza. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> How do we get so, we get so off track. I know. I, you know I, what, we haven't had any breaks yet either. Today. Well, I, first off, I think we just got way off track, so I think that we get some money money for we that. We do that. Thanks, Flint. Yep, Flint Frank from the uh, Toy Hive. The Toy Hive on Facebook. Yeah, check it out. He's 
he's uh, always selling stuff and he and, got some good shit. Oh yeah, he's always got good stuff. I I, I, I jump on even if I don't buy lunch time with the Franks. Yeah. At I think it's on at uh, ten or eleven. Or it's on eleven o'clock. He, he has an early lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven o'clock Eastern and it's uh, let's say ten o'clock Central. Let's say ten o'clock Central because I'm not going to try to do the math here. And then it's usually on like at seven p.m. Central Monday nights. Yeah. On the Toy Hive. Okay. That was it. Yeah. That was you know what I gotta give my boy props. That's right. And you want to do a break? So we'll do a Tom Cruise break Fuck here. Fuck me. <laughs> I'll tell you about this in a second. Thank you for playing. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? That was a Tom Cruise break. So speaking of Tom Cruise, <laughs> I think I told you this earlier, but the new Maverick movie's coming out. Yes. And I could give, could give two shits about this movie. This is like Top Gun was the only movie I really liked with Tom Cruise in it. But that was when he was young and still talented. I'm sitting there watching this commercial, and my wife looks at me, and she starts cracking up. <laughs> I'm like, what? She's like, the way you looked at the, when this commercial started, you went from open eyes to squinty, I want to kill you eyes. That's funny. I didn't even notice it. So there's like some deep-seated hate. For Tom Cruise. For Tom Cruise. Yeah. He fucked up the new Universal Monster movies. <laughs> that would have been great, except for Tom. They had to add Tom Cruise to it because he's a fuckhead. So, okay. <laughs> so, I married. So I married an axe murderer. We don't really remember a lot about it. No, it was. It's it funny. I remember it being funny. Yeah, it was funny. I I just don't. It wasn't memorable. No, this is right before like. Um. God damn! I said too many names. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. This is right before Wayne's World too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm sure that the Wayne's World movie out overshadowed that. I, you know, I think he was still trying to figure out where his career was going. Well, where it went is he became an international man of mystery. He did, and everything he's done since then is in British, uh, Scottish. Yeah, pretty much British or Scottish. You mean? Yeah. He yeah he plays the the accent part very well. So he uh, he developed. Uh, the Austin Powers character and became Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. Which yeah, is, baby. This was in 97. So we're Oh, my God. I can't believe that was 97. 97. Uh, spy comedy film directed by Jay Roach. It was a big spoof on all the James Bond movies. Yeah, and that's kind of what he was going for is he wanted to spoof, you know, the, the James Bond of the adventure films like that. Yeah. Um... So the film was actually set in 1967. And a swinging 60s baby. Yes. I can't do a British accent, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know what that was. So this one he only plays two two characters. Austin Powers and Dr. Evil. In so this he, one, yeah. He but he instead of like appearing like as his father, you know, on the same team or whatever, you know, he he opposes himself. So he he's both the hero and the villain yep. in this. Uh, this, so this movie was, or this character, it was inspired by, uh, there's a band called Ming T, and it was a, like a skit. 
And it, it's pretty cool. The, the band has uh, a Nebraska native in it, actually. Really? Matthew Sweet. Oh, no shit. I know yeah. Matthew Sweet was from Omaha. He's from Lincoln. Really? Yeah. Um, so they had like a skit. It was a 1960s band called Ming T. And uh, the uh, initial member of the band was Susanna Hoffs, too, from the Bengals. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like Susanna Swing. Hoffs. Yeah. Even today, dude. Yes. So, and that was that was prior, or that was uh, after his stint on Saturday Night Live. So, that's where the character kind of started to be developed. But then he said that he had been watching a lot of British films and listening to a lot of the comedy and the music from the '60s and '70s of British, because his dad had introduced him to that. So after his dad passed away... Watched a lot of Benny Hill, huh? Yes. After his dad passed away, he really wanted to revisit what his dad's influence was on him and on his comedy. So he said that Austin Powers was a tribute to his father. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's a tribute to his father, James Bond, Peter Sellers, The Beatles, The Goodies, Peter Cook, and Dudley Moore. Oh, nice. I love his... I like Dudley Moore. I love his beef stew. Yes. Dudley Moore beef stew rocks. Really? You've never had... No. The beef stew in a can? No. You've never had Dudley Moore beef stew in a can? (laughs) No, I haven't. I I, I thought you had. (laughs) It's Denny Moore, you dickhead. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Have you ever had Denny Moore beef stew? No. Oh, it's delicious. I'll, br- I'll, I'll bring you a can. You'll love it. You'll love it. It's Denny Moore, not Dudley Moore. I was, I was being fooled. D-E-N-N-I. Denty. Denty. Denty Moore. I've heard of it. I've seen yeah. it. They also make macaroni and cheese in a can, and it sucks. I can imagine. But their beef stew is delicious. <laughs> Dudley Moore beef stew. Dudley Moore beef stew. Um, I think... <laughs> what? I don't know. That just got me. So... Um, he did get in a, a little kind of trouble with Dana Carvey over Dr. Evil. Really? Because uh, Dana Carvey felt that Dr. Evil was copied from Carvey's impression <coughs> of SNL executive producer Lorne Michaels. Oh, no shit. And it pissed him off. So I they, these two are probably not on good terms. Is Lauren Michaels a bald-headed mastermind, bumbling idiot? Well, no, but but uh, Dana Carvey felt that it was too close to his uh, impersonation, and he felt that Mike Myers lifted it from him. They probably weren't in talking terms back then. So, if this film had gone the way that Mike Myers envisioned it, I would probably hate it. Because he wanted Jim Carrey to play Dr. Evil. Oh, God. I fucking hate Jim Carrey. And this is about the same time he played the Riddler in that movie. I have no idea. I I cannot stand. He was in Batman Forever. The way you feel about Tom Cruise, I feel about Jim Carrey. Don't fucking suggest. No, we're not doing Jim Carrey break. No, a Jim Carrey break. Fuck. Here's the Jim Carrey break. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? (laughs) Guys, guys, guys. And that was Jim Carrey. 
Um, so yeah, initially, uh, Mike Myers was not going to play multiple characters. And Jim Carrey was interested in the part, but he turned down the role because he had scheduling conflicts with his shit show, Liar Liar. And, uh, yeah. So, luckily, we didn't have to endure another Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. Because, uh, he got his own movie, which I You know what, to make up like. for the Jim Carrey break, we need a Christopher Walker break. Oh, yeah, we'll do a Christopher Walken break. I hid this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass two years. And that was Christopher Walken. Yeah, I love it. See, him. you can tell I'm, I'm kinder than you are. Yeah. Well, I felt bad for the Jim Carrey break. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. I don't get any breaks from Tom Cruise. You want another break from Tom Fuck Cruise? Fuck no. Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm going uh, to boycott his movie. Stand outside of a sign. What's it going to say? Tom Cruise sucks. <laughs> so you're going to be really creative with it. Yeah. <laughs> Just stand outside the movie theater. Tom Cruise sucks. He really, really sucks. I bet you I make the news. <laughs> Probably. So, the thing is, um, Austin Powers... I'll be talking to my boss about that first. Yeah. I'm going I'm to take off work for what? To go down a hole of sign that says Tom Cruise sucks. <laughs> uh, He's the devil. And so Austin Powers uh, thwarts an assassination attempt by his nemesis, Dr. Evil, in a London nightclub. And Dr. Evil escapes to space in a rocket. And he is cryogenically frozen. And his cat, Mr. Bigglesworth. Yes. Well, Austin Powers volunteers to be frozen as well. Which was a... The cat was a Maine Coon. Yes. In the, in the beginning. Yes. And then when they come back unfrozen... It's one of them hairless cats. Yes, the Sphinx. Yes. Um, so Austin Powers volunteers to be frozen just in case Dr. Evil returns in the future. So 30 years later, Dr. Evil returns and he discovers that his henchman, number two, has actually developed uh, Virtucon, which is the front for the evil empire of Dr. Evil. And it's a multi-billion dollar corporation. Yes. Well, Dr. Evil is not interested in business, so he decides he's just going to go steal some nuclear weapons and hold the world hostage Did for... Did doctor school? No. He's, he's going to hold the world hostage for how much? One billion dollars. Not the first. One million. One million. And they start laughing at him. And then he wants 100 billion. And because he thought that the value of the dollar was higher. Because it was. One, one million dollars was like, holy shit money. Yeah. Which, I mean, to us, it is holy shit money. In the grand scheme of things, like the grand scheme of the world, uh, they don't even know what one million means. No. So, I, he, he learns also that during his absence, they have taken some of his frozen semen and created his son, Scott Evil. Which Scott, is Seth Green. Yes, which is fucking hilarious. I love Seth Green. He's so funny. Uh, he's now a Gen X teenager. He's resentful because his father wasn't around. wasn't around when he was growing up. So they unfreeze Austin Powers. They try to get him acclimated to the 90s. And he gets uh, help from his uh, assistant, Vanessa Kensington, who is the daughter of his 1960s sidekick, Mrs. Kensington. So they pose as a married couple. They track number two to Vegas. And, uh... <laughs> That's right. Tom Arnold scene. 
Yeah, <laughs> on the toilet. Who does number two work for? That's it, buddy. You tell that turd who's boss. Yeah, you give him hell. How about how about a, a courtesy flush over there? <laughs> Jesus Christ, buddy. What did you eat? So Dr. Evil's going to drill into a nuclear warhead, or dr- drill a nuclear warhead into the Earth's core to trigger, vo- trigger volcanic eruptions worldwide. And uh, that's... They learned that from uh, from number two's Italian secretary, a lot of vagina. A lot of vagina. So again, a spoof on the James Bond. All the Bond girls had very sexually suggestive mm-hmm. names, and he. Uh, That's a lot of, a lot, a lot of, of vagina. vagina. He gets attacked by a series of fembots, which are beautiful female androids. Is it cold in here? With uh, they have guns, machine gun jubblies. Yes, they have machine gun jubblies. Um, they go and they fight all the henchmen. One's named Random Task. Yeah, which is a spoof on Odd Job. Oh in yeah, the Bond films played by uh, Professor Toro Tanaka. Uh, Professor, Russell. I think it was played by the same actor, wasn't it? Um, it actually it may have been. Uh, no, this is the guy who played Sub or Sub Zero. Yeah, that's yeah, that's Toro Tanaka. Yeah, so he played the same character twice. Oh, no, no, no. Joe-san. Joe-san. Joe-san played Random Task. Okay, you may not know. Let me make sure that it's the same Joe-san that I'm thinking of because there's a there's an interesting little story about this dude, if it is. Um, uh, yes. So, Joe-san. Little, little sidebar. Joe-san was... He's a, he's a, a mixed martial artist. Who throws a shoe, really? Yeah, <laughs> But, okay, so Joe-san's a mixed martial artist. And he was the trainer of Kimo Leopoldo, who took on Hoist Gracie in UFC 4. Oh, no shit. He was that, the, he was just a giant muscle-bound man with a big braid. Yeah. And the way that uh, that Gracie defeated him was by holding onto his braid. And, uh... That'd be illegal today. Yeah. Kimo actually injured Hoist Gracie... In that fight, and he couldn't continue. Oh shit! That was in UFC three. Yeah. That's when Omaha cop Steve Jenham yeah. won because he was Gracie's replacement. So, in order to avenge that uh, that loss to his system, which is called Joson Doe, yeah, because his name is Joson, he got pitted against a Kempo fighter named Keith Hackney. And I remember this very vividly because this is one of the cringeworthy moments in UFC history. Uh, Joson got Keith Hackney in a guillotine choke, but the way that Keith Hackney got out of it is by punching him in the groin repeatedly. Oh, God. That was still legal. That He was getting choked out, and he just kind of turned and just started wailing on this dude's nuts. And then, Just before they wore gloves, too. Yes. So it was a bare-knuckle nut shot. And he let go of the choke, and Keith Hackney got a choke of his own, making Joson tap out. Nice. Um, he had a few other, you know, few other fights and shit. Uh, he was in Austin Powers as Random Task. He was in Blood Fist for the Human Target. He was the main villain uh, uh, against Lorenzo Lamas. The Renegade? Yeah, well, yeah, but it was in Blood Fist 4. Um, or Bad Blood. That, oh, Lorenzo Bad Blood. Lamas is in Bad Blood. Uh, 
has Wasn't Lorenzo Lamas Hercules too. I believe so. He had a uh, supporting role in Shoot Fighter, Fight to the Death. Then uh, he went on a little crime spree. Oh. Pled guilty to felony vandalism in 2008. And he got uh, 60 days in jail and some probation. Oh, that's not too bad. So then he violated probation. He's, he's rich, so he probably went to like one of them. I don't know that this dude was rich. Well, he had some money. Yeah. But he probably went to one of them, you know, like resort he style may have. Well, he he where they get to play like croquet and shit. He violated probation, so he got an additional ninety days in oh, jail. Oh, he went to Lapak, and then uh, he because he was in them Japanese prison. He had to provide a DNA sample, and the DNA sample linked him to a brutal uh, gang rape. Oh, so That's not a, he's not a good dude. No, so then he went uh, he went to prison for that, and then um, he. Uh, he got like 275 years for a torture and rape situation. Oh, so he's still in um, prison. Uh, he's in 275 years. That's like four life consecutive life sentences. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, there's, and there's horrible, I mean, I'm not going to go into it. There's, it's horrible what they did. Uh, yeah, don't. What, what he got sentenced to, though, was seven years to life. But then in 2011... He just went ahead and killed his uh, cellmate. Oh. And uh, his cellmate was serving two years for failure failure to register as a sex offender. And, uh, so he did the world a favor. Yeah. So they moved him to solitary confinement. And he uh, was found guilty. And he received a 27-year sentence Holy shit. for that. So he, like, is still in prison. Oh, he's terrible. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. But he was in, um, the, the interesting story that I wanted to tell, I remembered that he was in prison. I couldn't remember why. Um, but uh, the, the interesting story I want to tell is him getting punched in the nuts many, many, many times, which obviously he deserved. Yeah. They should have, Keith Hackney should have punched his nuts clean off, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, back to Austin Powers after all Holy that. Holy shit, that's, that was insane. Yeah. Um, so by the end of this movie, uh, Austin Powers and his assistant's daughter got married, uh, random task, <laughs> attacks again, and Austin Powers subdued him using a penis pump, which he had claimed was not his. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's not mine, baby. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Somebody's playing a trick on me. Yeah, that's not mine, baby. I don't know who that who belongs to. So, they, uh... They had a book. How to use a penis pump by... Yeah, by Austin Powers. Powers. I didn't write that! That's not Someone's mine. Someone's playing a trick on me. In the end, they see Dr. Evil in the cryogenic chamber again, and he vows revenge. And so, his spaceship looked like a huge willy. It did. Um, so, yeah, there are tons of, of famous faces in this. Robert Wagner... Elizabeth Hurley, Seth Green, Elizabeth Hurley, Michael York, Will Ferrell, uh, blah, 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 blah. Clint Howard. We love Clint Howard. Clint Howard is in that. Yeah. And then Tom Arnold was the, the guy in the toilet. And Carrie Fisher was a therapist. Burt Bacharach played himself. Um, Cindy Margolis was the, uh, was the uh, fembot. 
and uh, James Michael James McDonald, who is uh, on Mad TV. Oh yeah. Deleted scenes include Rob Lowe and Christian Slater. Demi Moore was in this. Was she? That's what it says. I don't have her listed here, but okay. Doesn't give who she played. All right. Well, this this movie, um, it was, uh, you know, released on everything DVD at this point. Um, it uh, had two alternate endings on the DVD, and all, and all the deleted scenes were included. And then they had to also release a version of this film that was cut to PG-13 because there was so much sexual humor and language. Oh, my goodness. Because they did, like, the scene where uh, where they were naked and they just kept, like, holding things up. Like, yeah. To cover her boobs, to cover like, was, like, his the, willy. The, 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 like, the cantaloupes. Cantaloupes, shit, yeah. watermelons, and bananas, and she blew up a balloon. and Yeah, yeah it was just silly. Well, I, I do like Mindy Sterling, though. Yes. Now, the the reviews and the and the, the release, it's 74% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it holds an average rating of 6.5 out of 10. The site, Rotten Tomatoes, says it's a light and goofy comedy which provides laughs, largely due to the performances and screenwriting by Myers. It debuted at number two in the box office. Roger Ebert, our buddy said it's a funny movie that only gets funnier the more familiar you are with James Bond movies and all the uh, James Bond clones and the countless other 1960s films. Yep. Uh, Time Out New York critic Andrew Johnson said, the film's greatest asset is its gentle tone, rejecting the smug cynicism of the naked gun-style parodies. It never loses the naivety of the psychedelic era. So, obviously, what do you do if you have a blockbuster film like this? You, you go make ahead a sequel. Make a sequel. So, this is in 99. Now, this is getting to the edges of what we would consider retro. Yeah, right on the edge. Uh, so, they, they made uh, Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me. Now, this... Mike Myers expanded his roles. He was Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, and Fat Bastard. This movie, uh, again, returning, Michael York, Robert Wagner, Seth Green, and Elizabeth Hurley. However, they add someone to this. Vern Troyer. Well, they add a few people. Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Roller girl, man. Yes, I love Heather Graham. Me too. Uh, and then, yeah, Vern Troyer as, uh, as Mini-Me. And... Christian Christian Johnson is Ivana Humpalot. <laughs> yes, Ivana Humpalot. I. Uh, so in this one, you he, know, doesn't, he doesn't quite seal the deal with her because he loses his mojo. Right. Well, he is back on his honeymoon with his wife Vanessa Kenningson when it's revealed that she is just a fembot. And like, sadly, we knew the whole time. Yeah, he married a fembot. He grieves briefly before realizing he's single and can have sex without commitment. So, NATO sees that uh, Dr. Evil is returning from space. And uh, he comes out and confronts his son on the Jerry Springer show. Oh, yeah. 
And they have the Dr. Evil's lair in Seattle, where he is presented with a 1-8 size clone of himself, who he names Mini-Me. Vern Troyer, great actor. I loved Vern Troyer. Yeah. I met Vern Troyer once. He was, he, he shook my hand, and basically I went to shake his hand, and he just kind of grabbed a couple of my fingers, and we shook hands. Oh, no shit. Um, See, him and I, we'd be, we would be able to shake hands, because I have these tiny hands. Yes. Um, so... Yeah, he was. He was. I can't eat whoppers. Oh, yeah, because he can't hold them. I can't hold them. I have to have you do it for me. You want me to hold your whopper, or I have to use a fork? Seriously, you want me to hold your whopper? Yeah. Right now. <laughs> um. So they they reveal that the company that they have started has purchased Starbucks, but Doctor Evil really doesn't give a shit. Yeah, they own a billion dollar, another billion dollar corporation. He developed a time machine, so he go back to the sixties and steal. Austin's mojo, which is the source of his sexual appeal. So Dr. Evil and Minimi go back to 1969. They met a another uh, or they met a younger version of number two and Frau Forbiska. Frau Forbissena. Forbissena. And an obese Scottish guard named Fat Bastard extracts Austin's mojo from his frozen body. And they 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 you know snag it. And then, when uh, they they warn Austin that one of Doctor Evil's agents is after him, he's in a photo shoot with Ivana Hump a lot, and she like wants to get it on. All of a sudden, he realizes he lost his mojo. He lost his mojo. Well, she confesses that he she's a secret agent of Doctor Evil's, and she was sent there to kill him, but she can't do it because she's in love with him. Yeah, he's too sexy to kill. Yeah. But, yeah, he lost his mojo, and he is now impotent. So, uh, he goes back to uh, 1969 himself in a time-traveling Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, yeah. He arrives at a party at his at his house. and He's been uh, frozen for, like, five years already. Right. Uh, he meets uh, Felicity Shagwell, who is... Heather Graham. Graham. Uh, they are pursued by Mustafa, who is uh, Will Ferrell. And they find Dr. Evil's lair. But before... Or they... they Isn't Mustafa supposed to be an idiot? Yes, he's an idiot. He keeps falling into the pits, or Dr. Evil yes. throwing him into the pits? Yes. And uh, he's he tells Doc, he tells Austin where, that Dr. Evil has a volcanic lair. But before he can tell him where it's at, maybe he shoots him with a dart, causing him to fall off a cliff. Yep. So... Can't I get a little... Freaking sharks with freaking lasers on their freaking heads. That's what you to ask for. So, Dr. Evil and... Uh, Come on, Scott. I'm cool. I'm hip. Duck, 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 duck. He's trying to, to, to team up with, with, with his son, Scott. And they so they, they're going to have this plan that they're going to hold the world ransom by destroying cities using a laser that they're going to place on the moon. Yeah, and he calls it the Death Star. Yes. And Scott's like, rip off! Rip off. Felicity won't have sex with Austin because he's lost his mojo. Uh, Austin won't have sex with her. No, she won't have sex with him. Oh. Or no, he he won't have sex with her, yeah. Because he's lost his mojo. That's correct. So, Felicity instead inserts a homing device inside of Fat Bastard. She puts it up his butt. She has sex with him first. 
She does have and then sex. He wants to, and then he thinks she's just being freaky. Yep, but she's actually sticking a homie a tracking device in his ass. But he shits it out, and they have to go retrieve it, and they find out that there are traces of a vegetable that only grows on one Caribbean island. So that must be where they're at. So they... Give they, me the baby. They, they, they go to the island to get him. You know, it, you know it's kind of hard that they couldn't find this island because the mountain had Dr. Evil's face on it. It did. Um, so instead, you know, they, they are going after Dr. Evil. Instead, Dr. Evil and Mini-Me go to the moon to install the laser. And uh, they... Austin and Felicity, they uh, they go they go to Apollo thirteen. <laughs> yeah, they have to go up on Apollo thirteen. So he has a moon base. Austin battles Mini Me, which is hilarious, and he flushes him out into space. <laughs> He's like, and doesn't Doctor Evil catches him with a like a like an extendo arm? Yes. Um. So. Dr. Evil gives Austin a choice, either save the world or save Felicity, who is locked in a chamber with poison gas. Felicity says to save the world. Austin succeeds, but Felicity dies. And Dr. Evil says that he can use a time machine to save both Felicity and the world. So he travels 10 minutes into the past, meets up with himself, saves the world and Felicity. Dr. Evil self-destructs the moon base and throws the mojo into the air austin catches it or it crashes they, they they fail to catch it and it is destroyed it crashes but felicity points out that all the things that austin's done shows him that he never actually lost his mojo and they jump through the time portal into 1999 fat bastard's back he gets disarmed by felicity dr evil recovers mini me and Scott learns that he is the love child of Dr. Evil and Frau Farbiska. Is his mother. Yes, that's his He's mother. He's like, I thought it was a test tube, baby. Oh, lies! And uh, Austin comes back to his house to discover that Felicity is with the other Austin Powers, who claims that since they're the same person, it's not cheating. Makes sense. It does. So, here we have all these great little co-stars. Rob Lowe's back in this. He is young number two. Uh, Gina Carderas, she plays Robin Spitz Swallows. <laughs> Jeff Garland is Cyclops. Burt Bacharach is back playing himself, as well as Elvis Costello playing himself. Jerry Springer playing himself. Steve Wilkos, Jerry Springer's bodyguard, plays himself. Yep. Rebecca Romaine is herself. Woody Harrelson is himself. Uh, Tim Robbins plays Richard Nixon. Willie Nelson plays... Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. David Cockner is in this as a co-pilot. Um, I thought that was Roger Murdoch. No, the wrong movie. Oh, sorry. Now, you were telling me something about what they had to, to censor the title of this movie. Yeah, because shag over in, over in England means just... It's their word for fuck. So they had to... Switch to, it. Yeah, they had to change it. I don't remember they changed it to, but it was called something else over in Europe. Well, they put asterisks over the middle of the word shag. Oh, did they? 
others, they just called it Austin Powers 2. So, they... Was, when this came out, my uncle owns a trucking company. Yeah? It was called... It was... I'm not even going to say the name, but it was a shag service. Yeah. And that's what they had on their shirts. Oh, that's funny. So, my cousins would wear the shirts to school. Yeah. And all their friends wanted t-shirts because it said shag service. Oh, that's awesome. Well, they... Uh, the... Uh, the Collins English Dictionary said that the film's title, using the word shag, helped to make that word more acceptable, and it reduced the shock value in it. Really? By making it more of a joke, more fun, funny, and it relaxed the connotation. Now, in Singapore, they changed the title to The Spy Who Shoiked Me. Shoiked. And shoik... I like shoik better. Shoik means to feel good. Oh. Let's see what Rotten Tomatoes has to say about this. 52% based on 90 reviews, and it holds a 6 out of 10 rating. Nice. That's more than half. Rotten Tomatoes says that this film provides lots of laughs with Myers at the helm. It's as funny or funnier than the original. It had some really good points in it. It it did. It it had a lot of good gags. It wasn't just a rehash of the original. No. It was it was a great continuation. Um it actually grossed the, the opening weekend it grossed fifty four point nine million dollars. Oh wow. More than the entire gross of the first film. This is the first sequel to outgross the original. This set a record. Biggest opening ever for a comedy. No shit. The film grossed $312 million worldwide. The soundtrack of the film includes the 1999 hit Beautiful Stranger by Madonna, which won a Grammy Award in 2000. Mike Myers was in the video. Word Up by Mel B. I hope he had a shot before was he also kissed in this. Madonna. Oh, man. I, I, I would still kiss Madonna. I mean, Madonna's just, uh, young Madonna, yeah, but ninety-seven-year-old Madonna, no. I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. Um, Doctor Evil sings a parody of Will Smith's cover of the Grover Washington Jr. classic "Just the Two of Us." He and Minnie Me sing that. That's right, they did. And "American Woman" by Lenny Kravitz was also on the soundtrack. I. Uh, it was, I like that version. Yeah, it's a great, great version. Lenny Kravitz is, a, is amazing. Um, the music video for American Woman featured Heather Graham in her role. And uh, the original, it was a like a political song when the Guess Who did it. Yeah. And it got changed to where it had more sex appeal. Oh, no shit. And actually, the Guess Who joined... Lenny Kravitz, and played this song on the Much Music Video Music Awards. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And also, professional wrestling tie-in. That song is used as a theme song of Medusa, the professional wrestler. Oh, yeah, it is. Be well, not, not in her wrestling career, but in she's a, a champion monster truck driver as well. That's right. And so that was her monster truck song. That's right. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on this one? I really like this movie. Yeah. 
It's a good movie. I mean, I, all the Austin Powers movies I thought were great. They were all fun. Um, the thing is, you would think that the shtick would get old, but it doesn't. It didn't. No, it never did. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the third one. Okay. Because it was released in 2002, which is makes it 20 years old. Yep. And I kind of feel that anything that is 20 years old or older qualifies to be on this show. Because yeah, I mean, we would have been in our 20s at the time. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I was 22, 23 when this came out. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's retro, and it's from a retro franchise, I would say. Yeah. Um, so that, that is Austin Powers in Goldmember, which now he plays four fucking roles in this film. Oh, God. Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, Goldmember, and Fat Bastard. He's the only other guy besides Eddie Murphy who can play multiple characters in a movie. I think so. I think so. I would love to see him and Eddie Murphy do a movie where they play every character. Yeah. That'd be funny. Or have them be in the movie together. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. So, you know, notable cast members. Um, you have... Uh, uh, the same cast. Basically the same cast, except... Michael Caine. Michael Caine is in this one. He plays Austin Powers' father, Nigel Powers. Yep. Uh, Beyonce. Who is in charge of the Illuminati. Beyonce's in charge of the Illuminati. Yeah, her and her, and her husband. Okay. Whatever the fuck his name is. This was her... Th- uh, Jay-Z, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, this is her theatrical film debut. Uh, <clears throat> so, she plays Foxy Cleopatra. Fred Savage. Fred Savage is in this. He plays number three. Yep. And he's the mole. He is the mole. Uh, of course, you know, we, we've got Robert Wagner's back. Well, see, like this here, it says... Clint Howard is in this again. Oh, okay. They, here's a young Dr. Evil and young Austin Powers. Josh Zuckerman plays young Dr. Evil. And Aaron Helmstang yeah. plays young Austin Powers. So... And then there's a Diana Mizoda. Okay. It's Fook Me. Fook who? Fook Me. And then there's a Fook You. Fook yeah. You. Carrie Ann Imber. Aniba? Carrie Ann Aniba. Anaba. Anaba. She's yeah. Fook You. They were the twins. Mm-hmm. Twins Basil. Twins Basil. Twins. Twins Basil. Britney Spears is a fanbot. Gwyneth Paltrow is in this. Danny DeVito's in this. Gwyneth Paltrow is in this as Dixie Normus. Dixie Normus. Um, well, there, there's a spoof at the end of it where, yeah. where it's uh, they're making a, a parody of Austin Powers. They make Austin Pussy. Oh yeah, and Tom Cruise is Austin Powers. Tom Cruise plays Austin Powers. Kevin Spacey's Doctor Evil. Danny DeVito's Mini Me, and John Travolta's Gold Member. Yep. So okay, this Gold Member character. We've talked about the other characters. Uh, gold Member, he's Dutch, Dutch, obsessed with gold. Uh, he has and lost Mark, his genitalia in a smelting accident. And so that's why he's called Gold Member. Gold member. He's also obsessed with breakfast breakfast flat things. Yeah, the great the great uh, series that they do, the, 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 the spoof, where he goes, uh, smoking a pancake? Smoking a pancake? Bong and a blimps? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Gold Member. I don't speak freaky dicky Dutch. It's his father, his father. Oh, oh, his, his father. father. So in yeah, this one, they, they, they make a tractor beam. Um, they call it Preparation H. And as a whole, Preparation H feels good. Yeah. On, on the whole, it feels good. 
It does feel good on the whole. Uh, yeah, it feels really good on the whole. Uh, so they are. Uh, Basil is, if, you know, tells Austin Powers that his father's been kidnapped, and the only clue is that the crew of the yacht has had their genitalia painted gold. So he knows that Goldmember's behind this. Yeah. So Goldmember and Dr. Evil have teamed up. Fat Bastard is back. He's now a sumo wrestler. And... Till the very end. Yeah, well, he reveals, Fat Bastard reveals, that there's a businessman named Mr. Roboto that is making this tractor beam for Dr. Evil and Goldmember. And... It just... This one... Out of the three, I think this is the worst one. But it's still funnier it's still funny shit. shit. Yeah. They, you know, they got the tractor beam. Um, they reveal uh, gold members' gold-plated gen- uh, genitalia. It's a spare key to turn off the tractor beam. Oh, yeah, he falls on the, yeah. on the whole keyhole. Yeah. And uh, so Austin Powers and Dr. Evil end up working together because... For whatever reason, uh, Scott turns evil. Scott turns and evil. He actually starts turning. He starts to lose his hair. Yes, yes. And so, so Doctor Evil goes against him, and uh, they team up. They they save the world together. So, what's what are your thoughts on this one? Be, other than other than them becoming brothers at the end. That's right. They are brothers. They're, yeah, they were separated at birth. They were twins or some shit. Yeah, separated at birth. Yeah. And he, Doctor Evil, got adapted by an evil family. That's right. Oh, they lost. They lost him. He was like kidnapped or some shit. Yeah. And the fat bastard becomes super skinny. Oh, that's right. And he says, "You know, everything's okay except for my neck looks like a freaking vagina." That's right. And he's like playing with his neck. Yeah. So there are. He's um, on, he was on the ad. He was on the Jared diet, the Subway diet. Oh, the Subway diet. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um. So there are some cameos in here that, that are worth mentioning. Katie Couric is in this, the newscaster. Yep. Uh, Burt Bacharach is again back as himself. Willie Nelson again. Uh, we already mentioned that uh, Tom Cruise, Danny DeVito, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kevin Spacey are Clint, in this. Clint Howard's in it again. Clint Howard's here again. Quincy Jones plays himself. Ozzy Osbourne and his entire fucking family. Or, yeah, because there's like a, another ship in space and they're all looking at it. Yeah, it was Ozzy, Sharon, Kelly Osborne, and Jack Osborne were, were all themselves. And Steven Spielberg is, yeah. appears as himself. So, there's a little trouble here. Because MGM sued because the title Gold Member was. Was that a. Just a James Bond movie. That was Goldfinger. Well, they sued him. They said that they said that it was too close to Goldfinger, and they were trying to suggest some replacement titles. So the replacement titles: License to Shag, Live and Let Shag, You Only Shag Thrice, and Never Say Member Again. That one would have worked, but then they resolved it and they kept Gold Member. And uh, because the rest of those don't sound like James Bond movies. Well, here's how. Here's what happened. They let them keep Goldmember on the agreement 
that the trailers before the film would be the upcoming James Bond film, Die Another Day, and Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's... We'll give you... We'll, we'll, we'll push your movies. As long as we can piggyback yeah. off, of, off of your popularity. So, the... the you know, it was released, obviously, everywhere. This thing broke opening weekend records for a spoof movie, beating the previous Austin Powers films. It grossed opening weekend $73 million, and it grossed a total of $213 million. So it's like almost $100 million below the second one. Oh, shit. I think. I don't remember. <laughs> we just talked about it. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes, they said it's got a 53% approval rating. Uh, it holds a 5.8 out of 10 rating. And they say that the narrative structure is messy and doesn't make much sense. The third installment of the Austin Powers franchise contains enough inspired bits to entertain. Um, generally, it had favorable reviews from everyone. And Mike Myers was nominated for the third time on the MTV Movie Awards for Best Villain. But he lost to the uh, uh, Samara from The Ring. That's a tough one to beat, though. It's first time he lost that award. He won it, the other two. Dr. Evil won. Samara was pretty fucking evil. Yes. She was more evil than Dr. Evil. Now, he won Best Comedic Performance, which was the first time he won that award because he was nominated the previous two films and lost yeah so obviously beyonce had a song on the the uh the soundtrack uh smash mouth was also on the soundtrack with with uh, ain't no mystery we don't talk about that so you don't like smash mouth not, i'm not a big fan i mean i like his other stuff when he's got fury yeah well, i like it when he's violent jay without the makeup on so Dr. Evil saying um, it's a hard knock life, which was funnier than shit. Oh, when he they're did, in prison, did, yeah. When they're in prison. And then, remember way... Wasn't he all ripped? And he was wearing like a fake muscle suit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, they, and they, they had their bandanas on, their little prison yep. jumpers. You remember um, way back when, when we first started talking about Austin Powers here, we mentioned that Austin Powers was inspired by a parody band called Ming T. Yeah. Ming-T made an appearance in this film. So, Susanna Hoffs was in this film. Uh, and she also has a song on the soundtrack. But Ming-T sang a song called Daddy Wasn't There. Oh, okay. And they yeah. performed it in the, in the film. So, to wrap up our, our Austin Powers talk here, there's a possibility of having a fourth one. Because... Mike Myers misses doing the characters. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So in different interviews, they've indicated, you know, both Mike Myers and the director, Jay Roach, they've indicated to MTV that they're working on ideas for a fourth film. I, he said that he would return. He's writing the script. Mike Myers is. Um, he's still trying to figure it out. Vern Troyer wanted to return, <clears throat> as many me. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's not going to happen because he's passed away. Unfortunately, because I, I really enjoyed his his other work. He had he had other movies like uh, he was in Bubble Boy. I, I loved Bubble oh, Boy. Oh yeah, he was in Bubble he, Boy. Yeah, he was in a ton of shit. Um. So 
in 2017, that was the 20th anniversary of the original Austin Powers. Again, Mike Myers said he would love to do it, but we'll just have to wait and see. And uh, the director, Jay Roach, said he will do it if there's a good story. Now, Mini-Me said, you know, Vern Troyer had said that Mini-Me would reveal that he can actually speak in the fourth movie, but he sadly took his own life in 2018. So that... that Vern Troyer took his own life? Yeah. I thought he died from... It says he took his own life here. I didn't think he. I didn't think he took his own life. I thought he was just sick. Yeah, well, that I, I, I didn't know. I just learned it. Um, here, just a couple weeks ago, Mike Myers hints a possible Austin Powers fourth movie. And they say that there's going to be a, a tribute to Vern Troyer in there. Oh, good. If they do it, because um, he said this on interview on Jesse Cagle on. XM Radio. Jesse's Kegel? Jesse Kegel. That's his name. Jesse I thought you said Jesse's Kegel. I it thought might it as well be Jesse's a, Kegel. A muscle. Uh, Jesse's Kankles. Kankles? Mm-hmm. Myers didn't shut down the, the prospects of his eventually returning to the title role. Well, he, he said in 2018 that he wrote the script already, and the future's looking good. Austin Powers and Dr. Evil re- will return. And he said that... Uh, him becoming a parent has delayed the production. He's just now a parent? Well, in 2018. Oh, man. So, yeah, uh, January of 2020, Jay Roach said that he would do it. So, it's very possible in the near future we'll be seeing another Austin Powers film. That'd be awesome. What's your take on the Austin Powers movies? I I really like them. They're great. Yeah. I mean, they they definitely were, were one of those movies where... They, they they held up to the, over time over the last twenty years. I and I think the reason is they they while there are current events that are spoofed, they're significant enough that you remember them. Yeah, and they didn't go overboard with anything that would be considered offensive or that has would you know be deemed as offensive you know as people kind of became aware of certain topics that yeah. probably shouldn't be talked about, like like happens, you know? And these, there were, I mean, they hinted a lot of that, but they didn't really go into detail on it. No, they didn't really go all in on any, any you know, anything controversial. So, yeah, I, I would love to see a fourth one. Me too. That'd I, be great. I think, it, I, I think it would do well. I think, again, these movies, you hear kids quoting... That have probably never seen them. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll you'll say something and you'll hear a kid go, "Yeah, baby, yeah, yeah. baby." You know, it, you you hear different things and it's like that's Austin Powers, but nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Or uh, get in my belly, get in my belly. I want my baby, baby back, baby back, baby back, so, baby back. My mom. Ribs. Okay, <laughs> my mom. When that commercial was popular, yeah, that was a what? Chili's. Chili's, yeah. When Chili's baby back ribs was popular, the the commercial, she said, I hate that commercial because it gets stuck in my head. And then she would go go to try to go sleep at night and that's all she could hear. Just hear that. So I could I could mess with her so bad, which is one of my hobbies. Um Yes it is. I could mess with her so bad by I would just be sitting there and I just look over at her and she'd be like look at reading a magazine or reading what you know, doing something else, concentrating on something and I just go, I want my baby back baby. And she's like, <laughs> shut up. Oh, well, my baby. She's like, seriously, shut up. And I would do I would do that enough to where she's like, God damn it, it's in my head now. 
And then this movie came out, and we're watching the movie. She, she knew that I wanted the movie, so she went out and got it for me for Christmas. Yeah. And like two weeks before Christmas, I come home with it. I'm like, hey, I want to watch this. I bought it. And she's like, damn it. Son of a bitch. And, she's, and so she, she stomps into the other room, comes out, and throws a wrapped copy oh, fuck. <laughs> over the app. And she's like, I got it for you for Christmas, asshole. And like, I felt, I felt like a fucking dick. But we watched it. And that baby back, baby back shit came on. She's like, son of a bitch. She'd never seen it. No. Well, it was brand new. It was just out on on, uh, on DVD. So, yeah, I kind of feel like a dick for that. But, yeah, I think these movies, they, they hold up. Oh, yeah. And really kind of cemented Mike Myers' career. I mean, Wayne's World did enough to mm-hmm. kind of propel him to this level. After this and after playing multiple characters in a movie... He showed that he can work. First of all, he can do voice work, accent work. He can do uh, prosthetic work. He can be in, in makeup. He, he's willing he's to do. He's very it. good actor. He, it, it, I feel I mean, even the stuff he does now. Yeah, he wears a lot. Like I guess, like I was telling you, I think last week, he was on the re, he was on the remake of the Gong Show. He was the host. Yeah, but nobody knew. But when you, yeah, nobody knew. You you thought you might have known it was him, but even like on the credits, it gave him his character name. Oh yeah, I didn't yeah. say it was Mike Myers. I had to actually look it up and keep digging for it right. to find out it was him. And even this new show he's got on Netflix is another game show. He's playing a bald-headed British guy, and that's the thing. He, he he does accents and stuff now. I don't think he does like you mentioned before. I don't think he does anything in his own voice anymore. No. Um, and so speaking of that, like this, when he was in Mystery Alaska, yes, he didn't even use he used a very thick Canadian accent. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I think that he excels at that kind of work. Yeah. Um, which led to this last thing we're just going to mention. We're not going to go through it, but this one is right on the cusp of being retro, which it doesn't seem like it should be. No, but it's and it's been it's just twenty one years old. Twenty one years old, and it's been all over the place. I mean, with this, I mean they had specials, they had TV shows, they had ho- or Halloween specials. They had Christmas specials. They put out special like, DVD adventures. Yeah, they had um, fucking video games, movie, three movies, I think. Three movies. We're talking about Shrek. And, oh, wait, Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers did a movie together, but they... They're cartoons. Yeah. Yeah, it's Shrek. Because Eddie Murphy was Donkey. Donkey! So, um, we don't, yeah, like I said, we don't need to really go into this, but... I, I find a lot of similarities between Shrek and Fat Bastard. Oh, yeah. It's the same voice. It's They're both angry. They're both fat. Yeah. So I think that he just took the the voice and the character and just put it into a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the most successful things he's ever done. Oh, yeah. Because when you transcend into it's doing like, it's kids' like, it's movies, like, it's like oh, Martin, my God. It's like Martin Short. Or not Martin Short, but Rick Moranis. When he did the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, it made him a millionaire. Yep. Almost because, a billionaire. I mean, he retired because of those movies. Yes. And and this is where Mike Myers is at now. Yeah, yeah, he's exactly. He's at that status. Yeah, he's at, he's at that level because once you get into doing kids' movies, okay, kid, you're not going to make a full movie every six months. No. But you could make a... Half hour long DVD to release every six months, and the kids will eat and it the up. kids will eat it up because it's Shrek. It's that character that they love, 
and they're gonna they're gonna whine and cry until they get it, and that I mean those little short videos that they make that brings the money in that that they rake in the money. I mean look at like look at Jerry Seinfeld. He was I mean now he doesn't do kids shows but fuck he was making a million dollars an episode. What did Seinfeld? Yeah. Still have not seen a full episode of that. I have, I, but I don't care. I'm not a big Seinfeld. Yeah, fan. I'm not really big on Seinfeld. <laughs> So, I guess to wrap this up, we talked about the first good duo that came out of the SNL series to to go on to portray, you know, movies and work together quite a bit, and just kind of the the two big megastars that came out, the the first two we're going to talk about. What is your wrap-up of Dana Carvey and Mike Myers? I think they're fucking geniuses. Yeah. Classic comedy. It's Dana Carvey, like I said, played an international man of fucking disguises. Yeah. And Mike Myers actually is a master of disguise. He is. Yes, that's a very good, uh, very good uh, summary of, of what we got going on here. And I really enjoyed talking about these two guys. It's kind of fun just to go back and see what all they've done and how they work together. And now we know why they don't do movies together. Yeah, because they fucking... Because Mike Myers got pissed about Dr. Evil. Mm-hmm. I know, so, Dana Carvey got pissed. Or Dana Carvey got pissed about Dr. Mike Myers isn't pissed about it. It made him a lot of money. But, so, it's interesting to see, from working on SNL, they both kind of broke out, went together, and then made the split. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that happen quite a bit. So, who are we going to tackle next? I think we talked about doing, should we do the Chris Farley-David Spade partnership? Chris Farley-David Spade, because they did a few movies together. Yeah, they did a few movies together. So, we'll do Chris Farley-David Spade and talk about some of their notable movie roles. And then, I don't know, next, after that, probably... Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider. Yeah. Would be would be the other the other one we need to do in the series. So, yeah, I think that's good. Anything else you want to touch on here before we uh, we, we fade out into the uh, sunset? Yeah, baby. <laughs> For the Retro Ready Games Pop Culture Power, I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Corey. Swing. Good enough. Good enough. Swing me, bitch. Even better. <laughs> Don't hurt your necks. Headbanging. Headbanging to this song. Disclaimer. Or do it. You know, we're not your boss. Or your parent. Yeah, whatever. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide No escape from reality Open your eyes Look up to the skies and see I'm just a cool boy I need no sympathy Because I'm easy come, easy go Little high Anyway, the wind blows doesn't really matter to me. To me, Baba just killed a man, put a gun against his head, pulled my trigger. Now he's.
I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the bandango? Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening me. Galileo, 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 Galileo Figaro. Oh, I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family, sparing his life from this monstrosity. Mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me, for me.